wonder if I would have recognized your avatar as Yakov Smirnov if you had not written that name in the notes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe I would have. That's a pretty tight crop. Let me get a closer look here. Yeah, and I think it's a pretty old photo. Is he still alive? Oh, hell yeah. He's got a uh, got a uh, nightclub down in Branson, I think. Yakov. Well, that name seemed really funny when I was a teenager. It's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it's the most elevated humor, but it's mm-hmm. kind of funny. Uh, you go to yakov.com. Oh, that's good. Got a good domain. Yeah, that's a great domain. Should be yakov.ru, am I right? Now, he's from the former Soviet Union. What actual, do we know which country inside he's from? I certainly don't. Wow. He, uh, hmm. We got to remember the 80s was a long time ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's from, from uh, Odessa uh, in Ukraine, I believe. Somehow, it just seems like uh, like a a bigger, I don't know, a bigger lift to dye the beard, too. Like, you know, dyeing your hair seems like one thing, but then to say, and I'm going to keep my beard and I want to dye that, too. That's That seems like the next level. Yeah, I can get with the beard. The um, the hairline is, uh, as you say, problematic. Mm. And he's got yeah. he's got that little kind of hair yarmulke thing that guys mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, but he he looks like a nice guy. I bet he's a nice guy. I bet if you ran into Yakov at like uh, I can't believe this is yogurt, I bet he'd be a really nice guy. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. He seems self possessed. Happily ever laughter tour. Let's see what he's charging. Oh, look, look, he's all over the place. He's going to Florida, Florida. Oh, a lot of Florida. I wonder if he's going to be in my neck of the woods. Huh. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, John, you've been, uh, you visited the show notes. We've got, we've got many mini topics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think it looks like you might have uh, promoted and added a new maxi topic. I don't think I did. Hmm. Did, who put the Fincher video in? That's me, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you don't remember? Maybe that was uh, Tyler Merlin who did that one. Uh, <laughs> spoiler, sweetie. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people don't understand that movie is the problem. It is. I like. Did, were you the one who retweeted that a recent article about it? Yeah. See, that's, that's showing that there is more than one person on the planet who got the same thing from the movie as I did. Yeah, I, I, you know, when I retweet something, it's, it's, it's usually because I agree with it or I feel like I learned something from it. But it's often that I really like the way someone phrased something. I like that that was that was not the point of the article. It was an article about something else. But it, this person's go-to example was it's like in Fight Club when and then I was like, yes, yeah. yes, that's that's what I get from Fight Club, and you did too. So much so that you think other people got the same thing, and you're going to use it as an example. Assuming everyone's going to be nodding along, when in reality. Maybe only half the people. I don't. Be. I don't credit you for follow up, but I, I credit you with almost everything else in my life. Heavily credited. Fifty-five. It's an odd episode. How? What do you mean? You're the one who started. You started. I started nothing. You. You did that. You're the one who starts. You things. started. <laughs> yeah, I guess I did put that in. I thought that was such a well. Geez, Louise, we we got. Oh, you've added two new things, Jimmy. What is going on here? You sent me a text earlier today. You're like, wow, you've already done the whatevers. I haven't done the whatevers. I've been busy. You haven't been responding to my text. I don't know what's going on. Did I, have I, I, was I overwhelming you? Did I make uh, you mad? What text did I not respond to? Let me look. I don't know. 
I sent you a picture of Alex and you said it was good. I said, no, what I said was, what a wonderful photo, exclamation point. Because if you leave it I, off, people I, think they're, they're... I didn't want people to know how you text. I was protecting you there. Hmm. You seem mad a lot. You use a lot of periods. <laughs> yeah, do I? Let me actually see if I do. Um, <laughs> I do too. I do too. No, I I've, don't. I'm, scroll, I'm scrolling up. It's not a period. My, I got an exclamation point. Nothing, nothing. My latest accommodation that I will allow here is I punctuate most things correctly. I try to work in at least one exclamation point so they don't think I'm mad at them. And I frequently leave off the last period. And I, I'm not going to do a dot, dot, dot because I understand that causes millennium young people to have a lot of uh, anxiety, agita, as you say. So I don't want to give anybody, I don't give them the bubbles. I don't want to give them the agita. <laughs> you, you pronounce that, you pronounce it like a grandmother, agita. Agita. <laughs> from, from, from the Latin, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the bar is for text. It's like, can you read this in that person's voice? Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Anyway, I thought that, I thought that was a cute photo. I was trying to think, that's like a caption contest photo. We should just... It totally is. Well, you took a wonderful, I don't know, I forget who she's talking to. It was not my photo. This was like uh, photos from the Relay Meetup at WWDC that you didn't come to because you right. uh, don't like to come and see people. Yeah, that's me. Yep. It's a wonderful photo of Alex. Anyway, she was there. She gets her haircut at a Supercuts. Can you believe that? I don't know. Wouldn't you kill for a haircut like that? Look how thick her hair is. Yeah, well. I wish I had thick hair. I have very thin hair. I have a lot of hair. I have dense hair. This is hard to explain to people. I have a lot of hair densely packed, but each hair is, is pretty fine. Youth is wasted on the young. Mm. Hair is wasted on the hairy. Is that mm. how it goes? Mm-hmm. Something like that. That's right. <laughs> Shakespeare. Well, we got a lot of stuff in here. We, we have at least two, uh, I think, super interesting topics. We have one piece of follow-up that only occurred to me right this second, and we've got many mini topics. It's hard to say. All right. So we can do our follow-up, and then I wanted to, at the very least, do the top mini topic. Oh, I would love to. I would love to. Last week, uh, I walked straight into a trap that John had warned me about, and we talked about housework and house duties. <laughs> what? What's but funny? your wife doesn't listen to the show, so you're fine, I right? Played her, I played her bits of it. She listened like the first half. Yeah, why Why would you do that? Well, if I selectively choose the parts th- where I'm really generous. Yeah, you could have cut, you know, could have five wide that and gone, I need to be loved. Is that, is that the answer? Is that always, is that always the answer? <laughs> no, I want to be happy. That's the five whys. Five uh, whys well, always ends with "I want to be happy." Does it? All you, right, you, go you go. You go to the. You go to the Home Depot mm-hmm. and say you want to drill. Why do you want to drill? I want to drill to put a hole in the wall. Why do you want to put a hole in the wall? I want to put a hole in the wall so I can get a mounting for a painting. Why do you want a mounting for a painting? So I can hang up this painting. Why do you want to have a painting? Because it makes me happy. No, I was going to say. I don't because, know how many whys I, that because is. I want to believe I'm the kind of person who has a painting in his house. <laughs> Why do you want to believe you're the kind of person who has a painting in his house? Because I need to be loved. <laughs> you're not happy till it's a grind. I just want to be loved. No, you know, you're right. You're right. It's, uh, yeah. I've, I've anyway, get... so you, you, play, you played selected snippets, uh, the, parts where, the parts where you thought, where you thought you would come off, you would come off good. Like, look, look at me. Look at how, how uh, I don't know. You, you explain it. What, how no, did you select the not, parts I'm, that you I was, played? I was being humorous in my way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think what I actually did was I played her the part where she could hear me typing to her. And I think she thought that was kind of funny. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think I played her the part where uh, the, the, I think, kind of funny part where I realized that it probably was a trap. But, you know, she doesn't listen to my shows. She gets the back to work newsletter. So she, she knows, for example, <laughs> that. <laughs> That's not know, going to the spam she, bin at all. Well, no, I, it might go to archive, but she, she goes, we're laying in bed looking at our iPads this afternoon and you know, unwinding a little bit before Chinese food. And she goes, hey, 
RX bars. I eat these. And I go, what? Are you a witch woman? What? That's a new sponsor. And she says, oh, no, no. I, I get the newsletter. I was like, I did not know that. She also reads my at responses, which is weird. Hmm. I, you know, I don't do that. Does she have her own Twitter account? Or does she just read yours? No. Oh, no. No, no. She has her own. She had one, and then she decided to get rid of it, for, I think, for professional reasons. And now she has. It was protected, but I think it's not. You should follow her. I should. Does she ever actually tweet anything? Mm, you know, politics. Oh, really? Oh, well, maybe I'll have to, maybe I'll follow her and then unfollow her. Can she handle that? You, you tell me. <laughs> gun stuff. Some, she didn't like guns. Some people can't handle the follow and the unfollow. She probably won't care. What's her, what's her oh. thingy? If you, well, I'm not telling you can, on here. You can text it. Well, it's a secret. Yeah. I have concerns about your privacy. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there, yeah. Okay. I'll send it to you. I think I know what it is. Is that clown em- i couldn't find that clown emoji is that only on ios they don't have it in slack they don't have gary the uh, uh the privacy concern clown you can't get a clown in slack title uh, is that uh it's not on the mac right it's only on ios like ios 10 2 and 10 3 as i was on my mac trying to type the clown emoji for some reason and i couldn't find it oh i have to tell you i don't know what happened because of course i have a uh a text expander for it so, and mm. it was all working great. It works fine. Of course, I do everything in drafts on iOS, which is friendly to everything. But I was making a joke and I was going to post a screenshot of my text expander for it. And the clown wasn't showing up on the uh, Sierra. How weird is that? So try in the Skype window, send me uh, your wife's Twitter handle. Okay, here I go. And a clown. Okay, Twitter handle. And a clown. Okay, number one, I'm going to send you the uh, fully qualified uh, uniform uh, resource identifier. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then I type, hi, Gary. Look at that. Sickening. See that? I see a square with a question mark. Yep. As I expected. That's what daddy gets too. But, so it works. Do, but here's the question. I was going to send the square with the question mark because I had like pulled it off a web page or whatever, uh, hoping that I had the actual character and I just couldn't display it. Yeah. But if you send that to someone on iOS, does it show up as a clown for them? I think so. Hmm. See, there's no clown. Hmm. See, I'm on Sierra. And I search for clown in the emoji picker, and I don't see anything. Ditto Slack. You type colon clown. Mm. Colon clown, and uh, nothing shows up. I have some privacy concerns about your wife's Twitter account. <laughs> uh-huh. Do you have some privacy concerns about your wife's Twitter account? You can't account? talk about this on the show. What are you doing? <laughs> are you in the photograph? Uh, no, I see you've already said too much. I just said I had some privacy concerns, which could have been construed as a joke. But now you're you're leaking information. Oh my god, I'm Gary. Oh my That's god, right. the calls coming totally from inside are. the close, clown. Just close the window. Burn your computer uh. down. It's over. Abort. Abort. <laughs> Delete all photos of Franz Watson. All right, I, fo- I followed her. We'll see how it goes. All right, should I give her a heads up? No. Um, so this could, this could become you- a regular feature of the program, like where I would I text my wife. So you played portions, uh, and don't make this about me. This yeah, is, yeah. You, this you were offering the story. I don't know how it ended. Did, did, well, I'll uh, tell you. I'll tell you one goddamn thing about it. I'll tell you this: that after I had played her a couple two minute segments, I for damn sure I'm taking out the compost a lot more. <laughs> I am no longer worried about the quarter for the bag. I am taking out. I can. I am taking me out a lot of compost, and I'm not staging Amazon by the door. I'm doing the full carry all the way down. Is that like when you? Um, when you tell a bunch of your friends that you have like uh, a goal to like uh, lose weight in the new year or something yeah. and you tell them all so they can hold you to it because if it's just a secret goal yourself, you can uh, abandon it without any social shame. You so have now, to, now you, you, you need it. shame. You've got to add, you have to have current shame. You have to have the admission of guilt and then you have to pro- have the prospect of future shame hanging over you. That's the only way to keep an American honest. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my wife listens to the show. 
And she listened to it. Did she listen to last week's? Yeah, she's she's all caught up. Oh boy. It went all right. Okay. Um, it's none of my business, and it's certainly none of our listeners' business. But uh certain points, I'm just playing it back in my head a little bit here. Drawing down the stock, how did she feel about your remarks on the blocks of paper? I'm guessing this is something she already knows that you two have a differing view on. Oh, yeah. This is not new information to her. She she knows that yeah, – I don't want to put words in your mouth. But you, you feel like maybe you have too many paper products. <laughs> too much milk. I got too much of a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's why – yeah, I think I put that in the topics list. I don't know if we'll get to it this week. but Things that need to leave our house. Oh, is that what that is? Oh, I that love that. That is a category of things. We'll get to it someday. Oh, man. I hope you keep doing the show. Mm-hmm. Um, what else am I going to do? Yeah. You got to stay busy, right? Mm-hmm. Keep keep your mind feckened. Yep. Uh, see, now I'm worried I'm going to close that tab. I don't want to see my wife's Twitter. So, okay. So, so no problem on the blocks. What about when she heard your candid uh, 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 virtue signaling uh, about how little you did around the house? Was that Did that ring true with her? Was she frustrated with that? Did she say you were right on the money? How does she feel about your assessment of your contributions? What virtue was I signaling exactly? Oh, she does 70% and she'd probably say 75 and beep, boop, boop, boop. You, yeah, you, well, you humbled so yourself. I, my, like numbers a, like a, were, my numbers were less than hers. Mm-hmm. So what I was saying, I have this ratio and I, I, my recollection is I said that she would say it was, and, and th- again, this is not new information mm-hmm. for both of us. You know, so it's no, there was no, there were no revelations there. The only thing she had a vague disagreement about was the cooking percentage. And in that case, she was saying that I was lowballing my cooking number. But then I reminded her that there is more to cooking than just dinner because I, I think I gave out 50 50. Yeah. Um, I'm way over 50 50 for dinners, but there's also lunches and breakfasts. So. Oh, you didn't. I see. I see. I see. So I, I feel like my 50 50 number was on, was, was correct. And then, and then she left uh, for a business trip. So, you know. Are you, are you solo dadding? Yeah, I've been Oh, that's doing... why you don't return my text. You've been taking care of your children. No, what text did I not return? It's really, it's okay. It's all Go right. look at the scroll back. Yeah, it's Who okay. Who added Fincher and CGI? Was that me? Question mark. I, well, I, I, I didn't busy. get time to get to that uh, be, until, you know, nine o'clock when I sent you the picture of Alex and saw those last three things. Right, this right. Is, it's asynchronous. Asynchronous. It takes time to make a sandwich. It takes I'm time. Not, I'm not shunning you. No, you're not shunning me. No. no, here I, I am. I'm, we're talking. We're talking together right now. I appreciate that. I appreciate you being here. Uh, you just, you, just did, you did another show just last night. I listened to you do a program last night. Yeah, I'm busy. As soon as my wife goes out of town, all the podcasts happen. Mm. That's how it works. Mm. Aloha, and, and all and all the kids' uh, events, and yeah. I want to tell you so much about the camp that my daughter is at, but I don't want triangulation. That's right. Yeah, we got to worry about the clown. Okay, I'm going to type the theme of her camp into this please be skydiving please be skydiving (laughs) (laughs) they're studying stained glass they're studying stained glass they're making a uh the trebuchet like they're they're making a catapult Mm -hmm. yeah i was was trying to kind of pick her brain a little bit about how you do that kind of camp without having a lot of religion because it's my sense that that era in history is very religious or corsets or diseases corsets torture diseases that that names itself there you go that's right yeah yeah. Throwing uh, human waste in the streets, is that? Hello, Gov. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> you get your chamber pots? Of course. Uh, that's Mrs. Potts' late husband, Chamber. So I am guess, okay, so then, okay, well, you are famous for, for making everything into, into a grind. Everyone says so. 
you, a, a you, grind. Huh? You make everything into a grind. You're not happy until it's a grind. You were you were at sixes and sevens about how your lady friend was going to accept this episode of our podcast. As you've come out on the other end, as you say, how do you feel now? Do you feel like you survived this pretty well? Yeah, like it went about as well as can be expected. I I, I feel like I was disciplined in my messaging. That's smart. Stay on message. Got to stay on message. I managed to avoid uh, too many own goals. Uh, managed to deflect a lot of the ridiculousness onto you, where it is dissipated in the in the ridiculousness sink that is your uh, ever patient wife. Was she? Uh, was your wife particularly say complimentary about me? Was she? Was she maybe a little bit impressed? <laughs> a little bit envious? I'll be honest. It's all right. She she didn't mention you. Sorry. Really, not specifically. I didn't come up. I like her. We met, and I liked her yeah, a lot. Yeah. No, she didn't. She was not concerned about uh, what what you're doing around your house. You're the only member of your family that that likes me, and it's not even that much. It's not true. Yeah. Didn't I send you a bunch of nice things my mother said about you? I mainly you sent you sent me when she corrects your grammar. That was different. <laughs> I, but I did send you, didn't, I, I think, early on. Yes, you uh, sent a I, very nice, long, uh, sweet message. That's so mm-hmm. nice. Everybody loves you, Merlin. <sighs> you're, you're, you're safe and protected here. Really? That's really ultimately what I say I want to drill, but what I really want is to be loved by your mother. Tell her I said hi. <laughs> well, anyway, I'm glad, I'm glad that all worked out well. Um, you you just hit, hit on something, though, that I, I guess is obvious, but um, it's... It, on the one hand, the obvious thing is you don't want to say something that's obviously patently false that's going to get you in trouble because you're you're fronting. You're throwing the shape of being more helpful than you are. But you also are getting at something else, which is like, now I think I understand a little bit why you were so unproductively obsessing about the pie graph because it's our fear of estimating poorly that's like the second big fear. The big fear is like, you know, you're a fraud and an idiot. Stop talking. But the other one is like, mm, you don't even really know how to estimate how little you're helping, do you? Like, you don't, you don't paradigmatically understand enough about how this runs. You know what I mean? It's like somebody who gets on the bus thinking that they, you know, own the bus line, you know? Isn't that part of the concern is like, you don't want to be shown out as how little you understand about what is actually happening. Well, this is the the classic Meta Merlin concern, which is uh, actually nailing down in concrete terms what you're thinking about something instead of just vague generalities and dancing around it. Doing the pie graph makes you have to pick, and like you said, when you have to pick, you're like, "Well, wait a second, how how do I pick that?" And then you start questioning, "Do I do I even know how big the pie is?" Which 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 one am I in that? How's that Meta Merlin? Is that well, because every time you talk about anything, you mm-hmm. want to hint at what you think about anything, but you never actually want to say it directly like you figure out what you, you really think or feel about oh, something that's just and, that's, it's, and it's hard because if you haven't thought yeah. about it before you don't haven't formulated like I, I don't have a one sentence elevator pitch like let me here's what i think about it it's more complicated than that and working through it and getting to that sort of the, the pie chart thing requires you to think about all that other stuff i just i i just don't know Anyway, I mean, it seems like it went pretty well for both of us, good. right? Yeah, like, yeah, no, I mean, it's good, and it made me a slightly better, a slightly well, less bad person, probably. I'm a little bit more cognizant. I try to make the bed more. I'll, <laughs> I'll lay on it after it's made, but, like, mm-hmm. I'll maybe yeah, even take my shoes off, you know? Yeah. That's a problem. There's a lot of problems. Um, let's see. Okay, so we've got wait, other wait things. Wait a second. Before yeah, we go. get everyone on the shoes thing. Yeah, You're not a shoes-off house? Yeah, we are. We but are, then the shoes sh- make it all the way up to the bedroom somehow? It's controversial. Mm. I I like shoes. I like wearing shoes. I like mm-hmm. having shoes on. Um, but there's all kinds of reasons not to. One is that we are officially a no-shoes house. 
Everybody else takes the shoes off and puts them in a giant pile that's a total fire trap down by the door. If we ever have to get out of here, the fire marshal's gonna gonna he's gonna go to go all the way down the list. He's gonna break his of, ankles on the shoes. Cause right? no, he's gonna go down when he says what happened here. It started out simply enough because of death shoes. Check. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. And that's one of those unsolved. You know, it always comes down to shoes with these kids. Uh, but you know, I like to wear shoes. I wear I put on shoes in the morning. I'm a shoe person. But also, you know, we have neighbors downstairs and. However loud you think something is on your floor, it's a hundred times louder downstairs. It's incalculably louder. So that's also just a consideration <laughs> on our part. We try to so, walk. So, by. so you're trying to pad around like cats on, in your in your stocking feet. Well, I don't want to say too much, but we did live downstairs for many years. We moved upstairs a few years mm-hmm. ago, so we were down there when the only people I've legitimately ever personally hated in my entire life lived above us. <laughs> And uh, they were very heavy footed and they had a to- toddler and they were very, very loud and it was all entirely unintentional. And I feel terrible about it because now I realize how loud that is. So, you know, I try to do that, but like, I don't want to contribute to the, to the fire hazard. And I, and I just like it. I'm from Florida. You wear shoes, you know? Well, so how, how do you, how do you make it into the house? Like uh, everyone else is there. They're taking off their shoes. They're putting them in the giant, the smelly pile. Fire of shoes. pile. Yeah. You just, you just like, you just breeze right by and like, like nobody stops you. No one says like, there's only three people in this house, right? Most of the time. And a cat. Yeah. Yeah. Two of them are taking off their shoes every time they come clockwork, in. Clockwork. Clockwork. Every time they walk in, first thing they do is shoes off, put them in the fire. But you're not. So you're like, this is not. a shoes off household. It seems yeah. like it's not a shoes off household. It seems I'm like not, it's I'm not modeling. Sho- I'm not modeling good behavior. No, it seems like it's a shoes off. Uh, there's a shoes off coalition. Right? Yeah, but it's a coalition are... of the willing. And do you feel like, just based on what you know, certainly a, a man wearing shoes against the rule of law and, yes, yeah, sometimes putting them on the bed, which I know is a no-no. You think mm. maybe you'd be better off for me? What, can I wear a croc? Could I wear like a croc around the house? I don't know. I mean, I'm we, I'm not a shoes-off house. I'm all, I also like wearing shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll, wear, I'll wear them all over my house. It's my house. I can wear my shoes wherever I want. I never encountered this till I moved to San Francisco. I don't remember ever encountering no-shoe households, and it's kind of a big thing here. I know it's also a big thing in Japan, and like mm-hmm. for understandable reasons. You know, it's, I don't know, it's one of those cultural things that makes a lot of sense. But like here, it's like, oh, I didn't know this was going to be a no-shoe house. I would have done something different with my footwear. Did, was this ever discussed, like, before you got married? Say, like, let, let's discuss, what, do you, you want to have kids, and how do you feel about shoes in the house? We should have done pre-canna. Um, now... No, it was mostly when we moved and we, you know, had, had put, again, to kind of bring the noise level down a little bit. We added lots of rugs, stuff like that. You know what? <laughs> this is going to be my levitating. homework. This is my homework. I will get better about the shoes. I don't, I'm, I'm not convinced that you have to. Maybe you just need to, to make the case that uh, shoes off is not the way for the man family to be. No, no. I'm the one. I'm the outlier here. I mean, it would be a little bit like if I was telling my daughter demanding my daughter go brush her teeth three times a day and she just never saw me brush my teeth it's the same yeah, kind of situation but but there's the the, the question of the uh what, what you're what you're accepting as a premise is the inherent virtue of, of shoes off in the house okay. like toothbrushing i will i'm with you i also accept the the inherent virtue of like fluoride and mm. brushing your teeth like mm-hmm. it's good right but i'm not entirely there with the, the shoe. obviously if you have big muddy shoes you shouldn't bring them in the house but just as a matter of course like that you can't I don't know. I mean, I, in, in practice, I do usually take off my shoes because I don't want, you know, at the end of the day, you, you don't want to take shoes off my feet. I yeah, come on. Be... Get, get, you like those slippers when you come home. That's right. I do. Mm-hmm. I, I have my slippers. And in the summertime when it's hot, I just take everything off my feet because I need to, you know, radiate heat. 
Let him let, let him uh, let him breathe a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to pray on this because because I feel like there's a several levels of problem here. I I do think it is fundamentally not a bad idea at all to be a no shoe house. It's just that I, I would like to be absolved from that. We're going to hear the, from the German people. I understand. It's fine because you've got the world on your feet when you come in. Exactly right. Mm-hmm. You don't. Do you know where your feet have been? It's just. It's I don't. Just, I wasn't looking down there. Try to you know go to go to uh, public restrooms that uh, or even just the, the restrooms at work. It's just yeah. I understand. I worry more about my hands. I worry about my hands and touching things. Like when I go, when I, I'm going down steps, I usually make a fist and kind of guide myself oh, on the handrail. Do you, are you, can I uh, interest you in the hover? Uh, the hover? The hover. Oh, 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 and that's just in case I'm right there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's so you, good. you trip, so you trip on your, on your way down the stairs. Oh, 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 oh. And your hand is right there, mm-hmm. like, you know, less than an inch from the handrail, so you can very quickly and easily grab it, just instinctively, right? But right. you never actually touch it. I should do the hover because you know, it, it just when you think about, I, I think about going on Muni and like going downtown, going on the subway, and it's it can be pretty gross. Not just because there's a lot of people living down there and it smells like body stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which it really does, but also like, is there if you were over three to eight years old? Would you ever walk in a public area rubbing your hand across the surface of anything? As oh, you yeah. Want? All little kids do. Like this, I mean, in general, the only time I get a little bit, I don't know how to say paranoid about germs, but more conscious of germs is during the winter when people get cold and stuff. Like when I, when I don't want to be sick during the winter, I'm a little, I'm a little, do a little bit more hand washing at work. Yeah, yeah. Be a little bit more aware of banisters and door handles and stuff like that. But that's it. I feel like that's a means to an end. Most of the rest of the time, I'm in, in the camp of, uh, you know, bring on all the germs. It's going to make my immune system stronger. I don't want to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I don't use hand sanitizer. I don't uh, obsess about washing my hands. And, like, surely my, everything in, I own is filled with filth. And, and it's making me stronger. Bring it that's on. Bring it. You, you don't want to. You don't want your antibodies uh, staying home and watching prices right. Put them to work. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've, you know, this is probably all in my head, but uh, for the past several kid illnesses that have gone through one or both kids and sometimes also my wife, I have not gotten them. And I'm, I'm like, yes, good job. Bob. I am not going to remark on that because I am at risk for the same jinx. I don't know how I've gotten so lucky. Yeah, I mean, just uh, my, my son had strep recently. Uh, <sighs> and I, how did I dodge that? I did. Like, we're all, we're all using the same bathroom cup. Mm-hmm. No strep. yeah. I had strep a hundred times when I was a kid. I feel like maybe my body has figured out strep. I don't know. Solve strep. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Well, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to think philosophically about my place in the world as a no-shoe household, but I'm also going to try and respect the rule of law. <laughs> you can also continue to uh, work hard on your ability to levitate so as not to bother <laughs> the, the neighbors downstairs. Yeah, just, I don't want just to bother anybody. I just want to be loved, John. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, I bought that drill. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by Squarespace. Enter the offer code DIFFS, that's D-I-F-F-S, at checkout. That'll get you 10% off your first purchase. Friends, make your next move with Squarespace. Because Squarespace lets you easily create a website for your next idea with a unique domain, award-winning templates, and so much more. Maybe you want to create an online store. Not a problem. Maybe you want to create a portfolio disco. Maybe you want to create a blog. Do it. Squarespace is an all-in-one platform that lets you do just that. There's nothing to install, no patches to worry about, and no upgrades needed. 
You don't have to worry about any of that stuff because Squarespace has got you covered. They have award-winning 24 by 7 customer support if you ever need it. And they let you quickly and easily grab a unique domain name. You want to have that. You know, do that for yourself. Get a good domain name. And all of those award-winning templates, they're beautifully designed. They let you show off your great ideas and get back to your actual work. That's so important. I've been using Squarespace. Oh, geez. I don't want to date myself, but it's been a good long time. It's been a very long time. I've been using them straight through the entire time. Roderick on the Line, a different podcast that I do that's not the show you're listening to. That's hosted there. I give people updates about my Merlin Man comic meetups on my Squarespace site. I love it to death. I think it's just the best. And you know what? I, I, I really love just how little time I have to spend on it. I used to spend all day just sitting there trying to make websites work, and now I can just go type a couple things in a field. Boom. Website. Done. Out the door. Dunzo. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can go right now and start a free trial with no credit card required by going to squarespace.com. And when you decide to sign on the line that is dotted, make sure to use the offer code DIFFS. That's D-I-F-F-S. That'll get you 10% off your first purchase. And yes, it will show your support for reconcilable differences. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting reconcilable differences and all of Relay FM. Squarespace. Make your next move. Make your next website. Uh, why don't you jump in on your uh, mini topic? I want to know what you have to say about this. Yeah, this isn't mini one. It's just it's it was front of mind as I try to prepare the house for my podcasting. How, how hot? How hot is it there right now? As we record this, it is uh, June twentieth. Yeah, it's only 75 out. It's cooling oh. down. It was, it was it was like in the mid to high 80s. We're very high high humidity today. So, but no no uh central AC in my house. And and I've got window units. And so last night's podcast recording, my wife was still here and she was upstairs. Actually, her she went to the airport and came back. Her flight was canceled. So, good old oh, typical God. business travel. Uh she made it out early this morning. Anyway, um she was upstairs asleep with the window unit in our bedroom on and our our bedroom is above the room i'm recording in now and you can hear the window unit the sound that radiates outside comes back in through the windows of this room and right. the floor below and you know marco's got to use his little denoising thing to get rid of that but it's kind of annoying and the compressor goes on and off and i can hear it and it's like your streetcar but it never goes away right mm-hmm. but that's not my main issue here so she's off somewhere else now so now the air conditioner is not on in my room but we have window units in all the bedrooms our bedroom and then the bedroom for my daughter and my son uh nothing downstairs we just use fans and lots of open windows and stuff like that and hope that it gets cool at some point so so far so good but upstairs we got the window units and i've tried a lot of things with these window units i bought them just randomly like oh we're in sears and we need a window unit because we're dying like when we first got the house, you always you always end up in that position, even though you think you're not going to. You're just like you're dying. You go to the mall so as not to die, and in the mall they're selling air conditioners. You're like, yes, please, and you buy one, and you know whatever. I've also done research into them. Uh, I the most recent one we bought was the wire cutter or sweet home whatever recommendation, and most people care air, about their air conditioners. They care about like how big a room can it cool like all the different you know if your room is this number of square feet get this size air conditioner stuff like that i care kind of how heavy they are because i have to lug them down from the attic and put them into windows and that's a oh my gosh a fun thing to do what are they we were Uh, talking about like 100 pounds no they're not not that heavy um Mm -hmm. i mean they can they certainly can't go up there but the ones we have are not like that they're i don't know 
50, 70 pounds. Uh, they're more unwieldy than heavy because they have sharp edges and the whole mm-hmm. back thing has those little fins of metal that you can't touch because it'll bend them over and mess them all up. And they're sharp and, you know, and they're ungainly and I have to go up and downstairs with them, right? But the thing that has become, like, it's climbing the charts and the, the and the, of the things that I'm concerned about air conditioners. I still think I'm concerned about whether they're cool, but at a certain point, and I'm rapidly approaching that point, I don't even care whether they make the room cool. All I care about is that when they are running, do they vibrate in such a way that the crappy plastic case around them buzzes? And this is the only thing I want to read in air conditioner reviews from now on. I don't want to read how loud they think it is when the compressor's turned on, how loud the fans are, how much it cools. All I want to hear is when it's on, does it sound like, like, does it, does it sound like plastic that is vibrating because is it, the is compressor it that, inside that, them. That said that about what the pitch, the pitch of it is? I can't do it. I can't make the noise. Like imagine something that's vibrating, like, like an air conditioning compressor. Oh, yeah, it's, a, a it's a high speed, high speed rattle. Right, with pl- exactly, surrounded by plastic, and the fans make noise, and the compressor makes noise. The yeah, fans are pretty your quiet. House, like your house whoosh. is the drum. It's the amplifier. Right, and the compressor makes noise, and that's, you can't, you know, you could, every time you look at the ones like, oh, this is great for bedrooms, it's quiet. They're saying the fans and the compressor are quiet. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter how quiet the fans and the compressor are if the entire stupid plastic case that's around the thing shakes like crazy and buzzes with this incredible buzzing noise. You should see what I've done. To the air conditioner in my room. I I, I want to hear about the, every single inch of this. Don't just for for me and for our listeners. Uh, is this is this uh, is imagining that what you're talking about here is you open your window, you put the unit in, and then there's is it like an accordion kind of thing where mm-hmm. it, it fills it. the area and then mostly makes a seal uh, with the window theoretically. Yeah, the seal is BS, but who cares? That's not the part that's vibrating. Okay, no, 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 I'm just getting I'm just getting there. So, but is the the accordion part? Is it rattling against the window frame that's rarely the part that's making the noise that can happen uh because remember like it's you you put it in your window and you slide down the the window so that and then you sort of lean the air conditioner back against it so it doesn't fall out of your window because there's like a little flange that's catching the the window sash that's you know down on top of it right and in theory you can get some kind of vibration there but that vibration is nothing compared to the vibration of the entire the, the the metal box that is the air conditioner with the compressor running inside it is encased in plastic and that plastic is poorly affixed to the metal box. Oh no. Especially since there's like usually oh, like so you, uh, that, you're gonna have to really hack on this. You're gonna have to do baffles and muffling. You're gonna have to do something really aftermarket to make this uh suit your needs. Well, so I, I take it you don't have window units? Do you, is that why you're not familiar with these? As a technology, I mean, I'm familiar with what they are, but we don't have air conditioning here now. All right, so it does it doesn't get hot enough often enough for uh, most homes to have air conditioning. So they also have usually uh, like a filter because they, you know for the intake air in the front, and there's yeah. usually like a, a plastic door of some kind that you can open up or otherwise like disengage and slide out the filter that you clean each year because it, you know it collects all the dust and everything. You don't want the dust going over all the little fins, the cool things, because it'll clog them up and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that little plastic door, that cheap little plastic door that like clicks closed and has the, the little filter inside it, that little door vibrates, the entire frame the door is in vibrates, and the little filter thing inside it vibrates. Oh, and no. it's it's an incredible buzzing noise. Now, for for the unit that's in our room, that this was the, the Sweet Home recommendation, nowhere in the Sweet Home said, by the way, this thing is going to buzz. Like The only thing I can think of that people might be familiar with is like, you know when somebody puts speakers that are way too big 
in their crappy plastic uh, car and the the thumping bass mm-hmm. sounds, uh, you know, they're playing a song and when the bass thumps, like every plastic piece of their car vibrates like sympathetically it it, it sounds like a it sounds like a percussion a second percussion instrument because your whole every every bit of poorly fitting plastic on your car is rattling at the same time right now but that is that is percussive it's like with the boom comes the buzz imagine it was continuous mm. imagine if that buzz just continued at you know at max volume uh, sometimes from multiple sources that's what these things are like so i've attacked it with Duct. Well, last year I, I put it in the window and it was making this noise, and I was like, "Oh, did I not get it mounted in there right?" And I tried to like, you know, you can go up to it. This is if you want to absorb vibration, you can basically take something like meaty and fleshy. Like if you shove your butt up against it, or put mm-hmm. your forearm against it, or lean against it, you can make the vibration stop because now your body is absorbing. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say fun tack. I was gonna say like mounting. Uh, putty that you'd use to put up a poster when you're a kid maybe stick some of that in the door would that hold it fast right well see it's not just the door though it's the entire plastic frame that goes on the thing and you can see like this might you know it's it, i don't even know how it's attached there's no visible screws on the outside so it's probably screwed in from the inside you'd have to disassemble the entire thing to get to it mm. i've considered taking off the entire plastic front because it's like purely decorative and just remove the entire thing and have it be like a you know a car with no sheet metal <laughs> you're, on it. you're you're gene hackman you're gene hackman in the conversation <laughs> I'm not looking for like bugs. I'm just trying your to, floors to, up. to stop the buzzing. Um, but yeah. last year, I was I was all about wedging like cardboard and stuff in there because I could see all these gaps. Like there was all these panel gaps, essentially. And you could feel the vibration. I could say if I just shove my hands here, it stops. And I take my hands off and it buzzes and it stops. So if I just lean something against it that's like my hand, it will stop it. Or if I can like wedge it with, again, lots of pieces of cardboard or paper in the, in the things to try to silence but it. But you're onto something with the meatiness because you need something that will both... If you get something that's too rigid, it's going to just be another thing to vibrate. But you want it to be something where the, the meatiness is what is the dampener, right? That's, that's yeah, the idea. Yeah. What we're looking for is damping here. Because what I feel like is, is this is a big heavy metal box with a compressor in it that is well installed in the opening that has a lot of weight and pressure on all the surrounding things. There's only one place for the vibration to go, and that is to shake the one thing that is in this entire system that can move. My window sash isn't moving because I have a nice fancy new windows, right? The house isn't moving. The air conditioner metal box isn't moving. All that vibration goes to where, you know, has to find an outlet, and it ends up shaking the plastic parts. And so if you could put something against that as a big damper, but I was never able to do that last year. I was also, this is, by the way, this one doesn't have a door. It has the filter kind of like, pops outward and slides out kind of like an oil dipstick type thing where you slide it in and so i was like oh yeah that's the way it works on our dehumidifier yeah it just kind of slides yeah so i've tried popping it out a little bit or putting it in sometimes it was like oh if you pop it out it doesn't vibrate but then it starts vibrating again so if you push it in it stops it's it's very strange it's not it's like uh i don't know like harmonic frequencies or whatever it's not just like a one-time thing where it will vibrate and then it will like get out of vibration and out of cycle and it'll come back into a different cycle because of, you know, I don't know, it's, it's a very complicated physical system. So this year, before I installed it, first I had a different strategy about installing it. I was trying to like give it more freedom, have it have it only touch the base of the window at, at or you know, at, at a few points instead of like entirely being seated there to try to, you know, like you ever see speakers that are like up on pointy little feet so they don't transfer vibration into the floor. Like I was trying that theory. And also... I duct taped the hell out of this thing before I put it in. I found every part that I got that I can imagine would move and I pressed it down into its like most stressed position. So it's like pressed together and then I duct taped it everywhere. And I, I duct taped, you know, the, the air conditioner to itself, all of the seams, all the stuff, uh, the place where the filter goes in, 
I, you know, I didn't think it was anything I could do about that. I installed it. It seemed like it was better, but then the buzzing started and I was messing with the filter. So now I have socks shoved in like the filter cavity. It's, I should take a picture of this thing. It is. Uh, so and, sorry. This and, is your nightmare. And guess what? Still vibrates. Uh, oh, God. Still vibrates. So now the only thing I want to know from anybody on the internet when they review any air conditioner is, does it buzz? Because as far as I can tell, they all do. My kids' ones do, too. I don't want to get into their head about it. I don't even mention it. Like, they, don't, no. they haven't asked me, Daddy, why are there socks and tape all over your air conditioner? I don't want to, like, if they're fine with the buzzing, like, that's their rooms. I don't want to, like... to spare them. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if it's not a problem for them, they're fine, right? Because there's buzz like crazy. But our... And my wife, does, it doesn't bother her either. But now this is, like, my private battle. So, like, I, seriously, I, I think next year... I may just entirely disassemble the plastic part of this because that's not that's not functional, right? I guess right. I need something to hold the filter on. But aside from that, I, I want all that plastic to go away. Ugh. I want these things to shut up. I saw a diagram of your city recently. Did you see that tweet with the uh, San Francisco microclimates? Yeah, I mean that's Mr. Chili, and it's not always correct. There was not, no way was it a hundred degrees in my neighborhood. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have some concerns about your. <laughs> I just wanted to make you aware it would be easy enough for me to triangulate neighborhoods who were shown to have a higher high than was actually high by using Mr. Chili. I have concerns about your privacy. <sighs> well, anyway, you're you're lucky to live in a climate. Well, I should know. I think your climate is crap. But anyway, you're lucky to li- not have to deal with window units because they're heavy. And you fun. and I, you and I have so much in common, John Sarkisa. We have so much in common. But climate and beaches. You know, I'm coming around to beaches a little bit. But uh, I like it cold. I don't mind it foggy. And right now, it's unseasonably warm and sunny, which it seems to be getting more unseasonably warm and sunny. I don't want to detect the trend here. But you, this is the time of year usually when it's just starting to really clamp down into just awful fog every day. I like <clears throat> I like wearing a couple long sleeve shirts and having it be like fifty five. That makes me happy. You, I think you are. I don't want to disparage you. I think you get colder than I do. I do, but I like I like all my seasons. I like winter uh, to be cold, and I like uh, summer to be ridiculously hot. I just wish I had slightly better tools <laughs> to manage the both of them actually. I mean, at the risk of saying something somewhat obvious to John Syracuse superfans, this seems like an ongoing issue for you, whether it's the fans in a TV or, for example, uh, the fans in, in a video game uh, or just to cite another example, the the fans in a desktop computer, uh, the, the fans in an air conditioning unit that cause uh, cause lots of vibration. It's not, it's not the fans, it's the compressor. It's the compressor. It's, it's, it's not the heat. It's the Yeah, the, the, the hmm. best fan analogy is like when the fan on my TiVo had a couple of fans on my TiVo start to go. You ever have a computer fan that starts to go like the the little not the the, the bearing or the bushings or whatever in there deteriorate and they start making just an awful sort of dentist drill noise. Like before they were just going whoosh and like they yeah. you know sounded like air was moving. Then all of a sudden it's dentist drill time. You, you don't happen? realize how fast those things go until they go wrong. Yeah, and that's that type of sound where you're like there was a thing that was spinning and doing its thing and it makes some inherent noise and it is what it is. Yeah. But now now it has gone wrong and now it is like. You know, it, you can tell that like eventually this will fail entirely, but in the meantime, it's making a terrible noise. Um, and yeah, so I don't. In general, I don't like things with fans and making fan noise at all. But certainly, nothing that's like this sounds like it's on the verge of failure. Like that, it's like shoddily made. That it, that the entire thing is vibrating and buzzing. There's nothing, nothing quality in life vibrates and buzzes in in a way that is not part of the functionality of it. It's like this is not the reed on a saxophone. It's supposed to be an air conditioner. I just, nice, uh, nice, nice save. Yeah, that that's true. You uh, unless it's uh, built a purpose to vibrate. That's a good point. 
It's a shame, though. Those people, you know, they always make such a... And I, I am given to believe, like hearing from Snell having written some of these, they kind of do put it through the ringer. It just sounds like they uh, they wouldn't think to have had that on the list, which does seem kind of strange. I always think, like, do I just have a lemon? Do I do all, Are all of mine lemons? Or do people not care about the buzzing? Or when they place them in their windows, are they putting them in their windows in a different way? Or are their windows better damped? Or like, I don't know. But I've had a lot of window units... Uh, and all of them buzz, and I hate them all. When she was running the air conditioning upstairs last night, did you have the windows open in the room where you're recording? No, I'm completely sealed in here in this airless room. Door closed, windows sealed. No, no nothing. Mm. Check your Skype settings. Double check your USB pre. Make sure everything's running. Mm. No USB pre here. I do <laughs> have the... Virginia. Uh, yeah, I do have the Mac Pro that is basically a space heater. <laughs> oh, people miss out not listening to the live show. There's so much to glean and enjoy from the live show. You like you like Skype? You like Skype problems, do you? When Marco goes into his thing about how you have this this setup with all these weird sounds and this famously difficult microphone, and somehow your audio is always fine, like said, which is the true. The secret is my microphone is plugged in through a USB cable, and there's no other boxes or no other audio gear. or There's nothing in this this arrangement that, well, there's very little in this arrangement that I know, know nothing about. I know a lot about the computer. Wait, do I know you have a little an XLR or microphone. USB, Mike? USB, Mike. That's what I'm saying. That's a, like, I, I don't know anything about audio boxes or XLR or knobs. Oh, and- no, there's a reason. There's a reason I'm still on Sierra. I don't want to break my cherry pie, and I don't want to take even the slightest chance that the audio is not going to work because the audio almost always doesn't work for some reason, and it's impossible to find out why. It's incredibly frustrating. But also, you know, it's funny because there, there um, hmm, eh, there's another podcast I do with some friends of mine, and it seems like every week not only are they late, uh, but there's always some problem with their multi-$10,000 setup. <laughs> And they always say, did you change anything? And I always say, I text them because they can't hear me. And I, I say, I didn't change anything. I've never changed anything. It'll always be exactly the same setup. I don't even change the monitor. I don't change anything. Like the thing is, even if this is broken, it's broken within normal parameters and people like Jim will always be able to fix it. It's fine. I never touch anything. It's the only way to fly. Yeah, I mean, I'll be sad. Well, I'll be happy sad. When I finally uh, get a new computer, because surely that's when all my audio will just go to crap because I've been podcasting to the same setup for a long time now and everything's fine and I can't upgrade my computer anymore. So it's still on El Cap. So, yeah, that'll, it'll all fall to pieces once I get a new computer, but it'll be exciting. I don't want to crush the bunny. Do you uh, do you think you'll make it to 10 years? I'm going to try, I think. I think I'm going to try. <sighs> I think it's worth it. But, you know, man, that iMac Pro... Yeah, but like I, the, I, I think I'm really going to want the Mac Pro, and I don't think I can swing iMac Pro followed by Mac Pro. I don't think that's. I think that's just too much money, especially since the Mac Pro is going to cost a whole jillion dollars. Let's avoid that. You got plenty of other places to talk about computers. Mm-hmm. This episode of Reconcilable Differences is brought to you by SaneBox. You can learn more about SaneBox right now by visiting SaneBox.com/diffs. I imagine that every person listening to our program right now has something that they do not like about the email they receive. Maybe you have a beef with the features that your current email app or service offers. Well, Sandbox is here to help you bridge those gaps and solve those problems. Listen, gang, as much as you want to do it, it is not practical to just delete all of your email. There's important stuff in there that you need to deal with. The problem is it all just looks the same. At a glance, it can be difficult to try and decipher which messages need what attention. It's crazy making. 
Wouldn't it be nice if your email could be pre-sorted before it even hits your inbox? Well, imagine if the only email that lands in your inbox is stuff that you actually need to see. That is what SaneBox is all about because SaneBox sorts through your email, moves all the trivial stuff off to different folders. The only messages in your inbox are the ones you need to see now. And the great thing is that it works on top of your current setup with any app. All of the SaneBox magic happens before you ever see your email. SaneBox also has an amazing feature called the black hole. The black hole! All you need to do is move an unwanted email into that folder, and guess what? You're never going to hear from that sender ever again. It is perfect for those mailing lists you just cannot seem to escape from. You can also set up email reminders, and you can snooze your email to any app. I started using SaneBox a few years ago during a time that was very personally, professionally hectic. It was stressful. It was overwhelming. And SaneBox was a godsend. It was so great to know what I could ignore, what I couldn't miss. It was just terrific. It helping me get out of my inbox and back to my actual work. Please let them help you with this. And to help you get a little more in organization in your inbox, we have worked with our friends at SaneBox to get you a terrific deal. You just go to SaneBox.com slash diffs today. You're going to get a two-week free trial and 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 an extra $25 credit just because you listen to this program. You're welcome. You don't have to enter your credit card information unless you decide to buy. There's really nothing to lose. So please check it out today. Get your email under control. That's SaneBox.com, S-A-N-E-B-O-X.com slash diffs, D-I-F-F-S. Our thanks to SaneBox for supporting Reconcilable Differences and all of Relay FM. I heard there's uh, been a recent addition to your household. There has been. <laughs> this is uh, it's been a long time coming. Uh, there's been a concerted campaign within the household over the past several years. How many years? Going to say, I don't know, six years, maybe, maybe a six-year-long campaign, maybe longer, depending. Mostly waged by my daughter who has been asking me since she was able to form the words, can we get a dog? My son would join in. It was a thing that they do. Can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? Uh, and, you know, long since past the point where I just don't acknowledge the question anymore because we had the discussion a hundred times. No, we're not getting a dog. We've uh-huh. got you now instead, I would tell the children. You're the you're dog. A hand, you're a handful. Exactly. You're, you're a handful to take care of. We can give all attention to you. Dogs are a lot of work, and we don't want that. We want to have you. Um, so... My daughter would tell me, uh, you know, her friend has, uh, you know, two siblings and also a dog. So how are their parents able to handle one more child and also a dog? And you can only handle two children. I'm like, well, that's them and this is us. Interesting. What do you say about that, smart guy? I say, well, you know, this is a typical parent answer. Like, you know, every family's different. This is how our family works, blah, blah, blah. Uh, my wife wanted to get a dog. We had a dog oh, for okay. many years before our kids were born. Uh, uh, that's a very dog. sweet dog. Very sweet yes. dog. It's the... Uh, yes, my, my beloved dog uh, passed away, I think, just before my daughter was born. So uh, she never really got to experience uh, my old dog. But anyway, that was our first child, sort of our training child. And he was very nearly perfect. And he was my dog. Uh, I worked from home. Uh, I telecommuted to Boston with him for several years. So we really bonded. And then he followed us back up to Massachusetts uh, and uh, followed us into our house, and he was great. And we have pictures of him on our wall and on our mantle, along with the rest of our family. So he's a very important part of our life. And then we had kids, and they're, you know, they're, they're a handful. We had two of them. That's a lot of work. But my wife was always saying, when can we get a dog in? When, when, you, when will you be ready to get a dog again? 
and I was like, well, when the kids go to college, we'll be alone and then we'll need something to parent, right? You know, empty nest syndrome. So when both the kids are gone, we'll get a dog. And she would say, I don't want to wait that long. And then that, that would be the end of the conversation. Uh, repeat that conversation over the past many, many years, including both kids saying, can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? Can we get a dog? Like they would do it as a funny thing, but a certain, but they're also kind of serious. Really got rolling maybe uh, about a year ago where my daughter was was distraught. It went, went from just her, you know, cheekily asking can we get a dog to her being distraught about the fact that we can't get a dog uh because her friend she, she she grew uh grew despondent yeah her friends would get pets like oh my friend is getting a cat right or my friend is getting a dog why can't we get one like to the point where i was like nightly crying about why can't we get a dog right oh, which is no, no. no one wants to see that like i'm no. not made of stone right you don't want like you don't want it to be like an issue right and, it, and I wasn't mean about it. It's like, this is, you know, it's not, and there was nothing new that came to pass other than like her friend, her getting older and her friends getting pets and her having difficulty dealing with it. It was to the point where she was, you know, being difficult at school because she was upset about not getting a dog. Oh like my goodness. Talk to her teacher about this. Right. So she's, she's very, my daughter's very industrious and she's always looking, I mean, she would, she's been taking books out of the library about dogs for, for years. Right. Reading about them. Um, she would copy passages out of like dog, how to raise a dog, how to train a dog type thing. She would copy them into her little notebooks and highlight them. Oh, right. She's, man. She's very, very industrious. Uh, at a certain point, she, uh, after several conversations with me about the dog stuff, she shifted strategies because one of her friends was getting a cat and she's like, look, cats are less work than dogs. Right. So she made, she made a presentation over the course of uh, a couple weeks and then she she gathered uh, my wife and I into the living room and presented. She had like you'll call them slides, but they were on like you know big pads of paper. Right. You know each one making a specific point about cats and about where they go to the bathroom and how much work they are and how much she would do to help and how much we would love the cat and how much the cat would love us and look how happy we are. And this picture was very very. Uh, she wouldn't let me film the presentation because she was old enough that she was self conscious about that. I did steal a couple of clips of video and a couple of pictures, you know, with my, with my phone. I I tried to get as much as I could, but it was, and I told her at the end of her presentation, like, well, you know, we're not going to give you an answer now. And we're not going to say the answer is going to be no or yes. So you have to prepare yourself for a no. I tried to be, you know, tried to be very mature about it and discussed it with her. Uh, By the way, there's no way in hell we're ever getting a cat. We are not cat people. Like that was never going to happen. I didn't want to tell her that, but like Mm -hmm. that's, that was never going to happen, but we are dog people. And I was just waiting. It's just a question of timelines, right? And since I am the lone holdout, like the entire family was against me. It's like it's like you with the no shoe house, right? <laughs> I mean, with the cat. Yeah, well, so yeah. Same Remember thing. how that went? Um, I, I'm, but I've got I've got three on one. You got two on one, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, like and it's only so much I can take, and so uh, you know, discussed it with my wife, and I said, look, if we, if we want to do this uh, during the summer, uh, I'll have some time off to hopefully get whatever dog we get settled in. And we'll all have more vacation time. And like, I mean, it, it actually complicates our vacation. Was, you know, we, we had a dog. We understand how difficult it is to travel with a dog or <sighs> what do you do with a dog when you travel. And we had a dog that didn't kennel well. We tried to kennel our, our old dog uh, once, I think. And it was just incredibly traumatic. So you have to like find friends who can watch a dog where that's a lot to ask. And it just complicates everything, right? Yeah. Um, which is why I wanted to wait until we were the kids are gone and we're close to retirement age and we we, we, we would... We would welcome 
like just something to pay attention to and to and to parent and to keep us company as you know our, our children abandon us for to, to start their own lives yeah but we couldn't make it that far so this summer you know so i told my daughter that you know we're not getting a cat but we will get a dog and she was very happy and i said but we're only getting it in the summer this was you know many months ago so we still had to do the thing like you know you got the thing you wanted but you have to wait for it and so but well, right was, and what were the what were the parameters or, or ground rules we can only have this size of dog it has to be yeah, like yeah, I, you I, know. I have a lot of i had a lot of parameters i mean size wise we were going for like 20 to 30 pounds maybe 35 pounds max maybe you know like that size dog mm-hmm. like cocker spaniel size like, like a medium like, large dog yeah I'm, i mean i didn't my i have very specific criteria and this, this sounds terrible it sounds like uh doggy racism but mm-hmm. like everyone has dogs that they they prefer right my thing is i want a dog shaped dog yeah a classic dog shape right yeah like i showed my daughter the uh the dog cow the other day you know, there's something like you identify that as the, this is, this is the shape of a dog. Well, like, so by way of, I'll explain it by, by a contradiction. Name some non-dog shaped dogs. Oh, non-dog shaped dogs. Um, a greyhound. Yep. That's, that's. Is that one? Close, but yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I mean, like maybe like a chihuahua. Mm-hmm. Not dog shaped. Okay. Now, as far as a dog shaped dog, I'm thinking like, like a hound or a terrier? Mm, terriers. Terriers likes it too short. Let, let too me go short. through some, some common ones. A beagle, I would say shaped. a beagle is a very dog-shaped dog. Yeah, beagle is absolutely dog-shaped. Non-dog-shaped. Basset hounds, legs too short. Uh, mm. Corgis, legs too short. Mm. Um, pugs, face too squished in. Uh, mm-hmm. Greyhounds, uh, you know, nose too skinny. Uh, like, lots of breeds of dogs are not dog-shaped. Uh, short legs is a big problem, right? Especially, and, and pushed in faces. It's a big problem. Can, can, can I can I push you on that a little bit? What is it about the short legs you don't like? Is it is it aesthetic? Is it practical? I feel like the, the dogs that have been bred. First of all, I think they're ugly, right? So there's okay. that. that that's right? plenty. But, I mean, aesthetics. I mean, you know, right? Goes a long but, way. but but really, uh, like I think it is cruel to have bred dogs to such such misshapen mongrels. Like I was at the park the other day with the dog, and there was a pug there. You can hear him just wheezing like Darth Vader because his yeah. face is all squished in. It's just a terrible, terrible thing we've done to these dogs. His back legs were like stiff, like they couldn't bend, like he had two back peg legs. And he like <laughs> would fall over and his owner would have to pick him back up because he couldn't like he couldn't right himself with his little peg. He was old, but yeah. still like dogs that can't breathe well or they grow mold in the flaps in their skin. Check or, and check. Like have terrible, gen- <laughs> terrible genetic <laughs> got problems. Bo- got them both. We just got the we got the dog shaped cat. We have, we have eight pounds of wheezing and brown face drips. <laughs> Polly shouldn't be. She makes a noise say. at night, like it's like a drunk man trying to open a door with a new key. <laughs> it's a very distinct. I woke up the other night and I thought there's somebody's not trying to break into our house. There's someone very drunk downstairs trying who's trying to use the wrong brand new key on our door. It's just a sweet, precious angel trying to breathe. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Most cats are cat shaped, but you manage to find like there are there is the squish face cats. Like that is a, a kind of cat, and you got one of the squish face ones, and it's a terrible monster. Yeah, this was not um, my idea. And so, so dog shape was my important thing, which rules out most very small dogs because there are very few very small dog shaped dogs. Also, small dogs tend to be mean or meaner. Um, any, any feeling on on pure versus mixed or anything like that? Uh, 
Well, we'll get, get to that in a second. And All I right. didn't want a, a big dog. Like, a lab is too big because it just, it's, you know, I'm not that I want a lap dog, but I don't want a dog that can never possibly be on my lap. I don't want a dog that can, like, reach the counters without jumping. You know, like, it's too big, too much. Mm-hmm. I can't handle no dog that, like, outweighs me or any of the kids. So, lab is too big. That's what I'm saying 20, 30, 35 pounds. And the other criteria I have, which is purely aesthetic, is no curly fur. Because okay. I don't, you know, what am I going to mostly do with the dog? I'm going to tell it it's a good dog, and I'm going to pet it, and I don't like to pet curly fur. Like, you know, the, all the doodles, all the all the poodle mm-hmm. mixes. Anything that ends with oodle. You don't want any oodles in the house. Yeah, I don't I don't like those curly dogs. Like, I mean, there's lots of, and you have the combination of, like, non-dog-shaped curly dog, like. Oh, you get, like, a Bichon Frise. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the, uh, you know, complete package of what I don't want, which is not dog-shaped, <laughs> curly fur, small dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, so yeah, I have specific right. Kids don't care. They just they just want a dog. They don't know anything about a dog. My wife has some concerns. And now breeds. I went through all you know. I had plenty of time leading up to this because mm-hmm. you know, it was going to be summer. I had I went through all the uh, American Kennel Club or whatever breeds and looked at every single one of the breeds, and all of them had something about them. Because I was like, look, well, uh, maybe I'll you know, if I find a breed I like, we have enough time. We can find a breeder. We can get a puppy. And, you know, pick out the dog we want and, like, do it up the right way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't I didn't like any of the breeds. They all had something about them that bothered me. They, they were weird or they had genetic problems because of overbreeding. And, fan, fan noise. Yeah. Um, like, uh, for example, the, the Cavalier King Charles, which my wife thinks is very cute, I think is not dog-shaped because the muzzle is too shoved in. But they have this thing where they've been bred so their skull is small in the back or some crap, and it, like, pinches their brain. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah. And and they, like, scratch, like, the symptom is, like, they're scratching the back of their head. It's because their, like, brain is being pinched in their skull. Like, that's not a well, like, I don't I don't want dogs or, like, and I have no interest in, like, breeds or anything. I don't, I don't you know, I don't care. A you just want something you me, can so. pet that's dog-shaped. Right, so I was like, all right, purebreds are out because okay. they just have all sorts of health problems, and oh, I don't care about the breeds. Sometimes they have personality problems, and yeah, got to get too a much mutt. Got to get a mutt. Right, so so it was a, so adoption it was. So let's see, we're gonna do a rescue. Uh, our first dog was a rescue as well. So uh, then I'm going on like petfinder.com and entering a bunch of criteria, and and there you can enter the size of dog you're interested in, and you enter like a, a radius of how far you want to look, and you know if it's good with children or how many people in your house, or do you care. Uh, how old it is or weight size and, you know, stuff like that. And I was pretty open in, with my search because I was like, look, you know, I'll take anything. I'll take a four-year-old dog. I'll I'll take a puppy. I'll take whatever. As the, the time started approaching, I started getting nervous about um, getting an adult dog adopted because a lot of these dogs have had harsh lives. Yeah. And also a lot of them are coming from, like, out of state and, like, you can't meet the dog before you accept the adoption because they're going to ship the dog from, like, Tennessee or something. And I don't want to get a three-year-old dog sight unseen that has had a difficult life because that seems like a formula, like a bad, you know, you know what I mean? I, I absolutely do. I'm sorry. I'm just looking at pictures of your dog. This dog is so cute. Um, Yes, I totally agree. It's like almost like uh, you want know, to go do a Carfax. Has anybody rolled this dog? Uh, has anybody ridden this into like Ted Kennedy style, like ridden this into a river? You don't know where that dog has been. It might have had a hard life. It could have been like my beagle was really badly abused. The beagle that we got before. Well, when I was a kid, we had had a terrible life. And, you know, he was um, he was tough. 
Yeah, I mean, and there, you know, there are people who are prepared for that, like who, you know, this is what they do. Like they adopt dogs and rehabilitate them, and they 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 know what it takes to do that, and they know what they're in for. Yeah, you take take a Brett Brett Terpstra, like he's he's always adopting all kinds of stuff. He's like like your pit bull can live with me until it has somewhere else to go. Right, that's well, just like a foster whole, things. Yeah, that's yeah. like a whole point of view on the world. It's amazing. Yeah, and and also probably don't have uh you know young children in the house, potentially dangerous them. Anyway. I started getting antsy about that, and you know what? I the reason I was looking at breeders is like I want a puppy because I got my first dog when he was like two ish or whatever, you know, an adult dog, right? And I'd never had a puppy, and who who doesn't want a puppy, right? Everybody, Puppies. if you're gonna have a dog, you you want a puppy, right? Well, people, you know. So I started to lean more towards puppies. Not that I was ruling out anything else, because I was always, you know, and I, and I was leaning more towards like dogs that had like beagle mixes because they tend to be beagle is about pretty much the smallest dog shaped dog breed. Right. So if you had beagle mixed in with something else, you end up, especially if you get one of the females, you'll end up with like a small, you know, beagle lab mix or like, uh, you know, beagle Sheltie mix or whatever, like just all sorts of strange, especially on the, on the, the, these adoption sites, they don't know what breed the dogs are. That's the bottom line. They don't know. Like they, right. they, if you're lucky, they know the mother, they never know the father and they look mm-hmm. at the puppies and like, well, they look he he like goes out for a pack of doggy cigarettes and never comes back. Yeah, yeah. So all you can do is look at the paw size and look at what the mother paw looks like. Paw size will tell you a lot. If a, a dog with big paws is a puppy, is going to be a big dog, in my experience. Yeah. And yeah, so so yeah, we didn't have much to go on. So eventually, you know, the, the time was approaching. It's always it was always about the timing, like when do we get the dog and how do we time it with vacations and stuff like this and what are we even going to do and you know, um. So eventually, found a litter uh, of puppies that had been born. They were all dog shaped to a mother that looked kind of like a Britney Beagle something mix. All the, the puppies. It's got, a, uh, it's got a kind of beagly nose and body, but the ears and the eyes and the head shape are a little bit more different kind of sporty. Spaniel-y or like, well, so I, we, we, Wait, what, what are spaniels? I know terriers or diggers. Spaniels are, are those bird dogs usually? Yeah, I think so. Beagle, beagle, um, beagle. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe collies in there. Uh, anyway, um, mm-hmm. this since my radius was a hundred miles, this place was in Connecticut, two hours away. So, my wife was the only one who was able to go at the appointed time to see the puppies, and we were like fifth in line. They're like, well, if everyone before you picks a puppy, there should be like one left for you, so you'll get like the last pick or whatever. Oh my God! So she drove two hours down there, got to see all the siblings. Like the mother had already been adopted. But these, by this point, these these puppies are three months old, so they've all you know they've grown up with the with the mother and been fostered, and you know, so we're hoping we're getting like puppies that have not had a traumatic life. That they you know the mother and the puppies were found and fostered, and, and they've got, the mother they've got has, some socializing. Yeah, the mother has been adopted, and, and she was you know through the magic of the internet, just sending me like uh you know uh, FaceTime video with the bandwidth was crappy, so she just recorded videos and then messaged it to me, right? It just puts you in a room with all the puppies. Like, so it's a bunch of adults sitting in a room with the puppies just all running and flopping all over each other. Some of the puppies, some of the siblings looked very much like beagles. Like they had beagle, like a black, white, brown coloring, right? Some of the puppies had like red sort of, uh, you know, burgundy, brown and white. Some were like liver, like dark brown and white. And some were black and white. And we looked at all of them, and she's like, I don't know. They're all sweet puppies. Like, I don't you just tell me which ones you want. Like, she was not able to... I told her, like, all these things, like, oh, take the puppy and put it on its back. And if it doesn't struggle, it's too submissive. But it, it, eventually, it should stop struggling. You know, you just want the, the right amount of feistiness. So all these things that I read on the internet, I have no freaking idea. Whether, you know, <laughs> she's like, how am, I, how am I supposed to pick out a puppy? Like, 
say like the two submissive ones are, are bad because they'll bite you out of fear or something and the ones that are too aggressive will never stop struggling if you put them on their back and she said she just whatever they were all the same they were all sweet puppies who were just nice and happy and licking everybody Aww. and not you know like tumbling all over each other so this is basically like pick the one that you like the best uh and she liked one of the ones that was fuzzy like one of them looked almost like a like a golden like with the fluffy the fluffy you know golden retriever puppy mm-hmm. right you know with that fluffy fur the only one of the siblings that was like that you could see the family resemblance but you know wide variety uh one of them had almost an entirely white body with like a you know reddish brown face thing or whatever um a couple of them were adopted before we got to have our pick but we actually ended up being third in line so we had a pick of a bunch of them I started focusing on the black and white ones because I thought they were cute, and there was a boy one and a girl one. And I asked my daughter which one she liked better, the boy and the girl ones, and she said she liked the girl one better. The reason I focus on them is because they have, like, freckles, mm-hmm. and our our first dog had freckles, too, and I love oh. freckles on dogs. What a face. Um, so we it's, col- with... it's coloring is so symmetrical. Yeah, I mean, I like, think, it's, its head know. is very pleasing. I think we ended up with the best one, I'm not just saying. Um, a, well, I can and, tell and, from here, just looking from these photos, it's a sweet, precious angel, there's no question. Look at that little tail and those feet. Oh, my God. It's a black and white dog with a, with a freckled muzzle and freckled paws. And she's got freckles all on her skin. And mm-hmm. she's like black and white spotted like a cow. And her nose is, her little muzzle is mostly white. And her eyes and her ears are black. And her the end of her tail is white. She's she's incredibly. And she's got a little like, like a Cruella de Vil kind of widow's peak thing going on. Yeah, she's got a little bit of white uh, in there. Uh, the the uh, Her male sibling, who had the same coloring, actually had a connecting line. Like the muzzle connected up with a solid white thing, which I, it wasn't. Like a horse. Yeah. Um, Called the Blaze, I think. Yeah, so we brought this puppy home like the day before I left for WWC, which is, of course, perfect timing. Yep. <laughs> but you don't get to pick these things, right? No. So it's like, yay, we've got a puppy. All right, now I'm going to California for a week. Good luck. So I did that. Um, I mean, but you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. Like, you but g- given your druthers, you probably would have liked to be there for the initial, like, let's get used to how our body works. Period. Well, yeah, it's not gonna be one week. All right. So, well, I mean, how, how had this uh, animal? And I, I, there's probably a reason you're not telling me its name. But the um, it uh, Daisy. Daisy. That's I, know, her name. I know that. It's a very sweet name. I just didn't know I if it was know, okay. It's, it's not, I have concerns you have, about Daisy. Concerns about my doggy privacy. I can cross-reference the dog ownership. You can't uh, because we rename the dog. Like, they, they come with names, but I reject those names. Oh, your dog's a false them. flag operation. That's good. That's right. So we, 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 we all, as a family, we can't, again, with the names, my daughter went up and presumably Googled uh, girl dog names and wrote down, like, three pages worth of names and then narrowed it down to a short list. And from the short list, uh, we ended up with Daisy. That is a terrific name. You got some Gatsby in there. You got the duck. Uh, there's other, you got Daisy from the, uh, the 2001 song. There's a, and isn't there another famous dog Daisy? What am I spacing on? Daisy is a very popular, it's like, just like with kid names, a very popular dog. I registered, I registered my dog at the work, uh, my work's dog slack because of course my work has a dog slack channel, Mm -hmm. right? And the dog that was registered just before me was also named Daisy. Daisy is a very popular dog name. It's like the, uh. I don't know. It's like the uh, the Tyler, or that that's probably dated. No, it's, 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 it's the, the Tyler. Aiden. It's like yeah. the Aiden of uh, of dog names. Aiden of dogs. What a um, face! And look, your daughter. I mean, I realize she knows she's being photographed by her dad, but she looks pretty happy here. Yeah, I caught I caught basically the what I think is the the moment of the the, the, the moment of ultimate puppy ecstasy, like this. Uh, <laughs> you know, that not the not the second picture, but the first one, the first one where she's like 
stunned by happiness. This is probably the happiest she'll ever be in her life, which is sad. I don't want to tell her that, but, (laughs) you know, literally the happiest she'll ever be in her life because it's like, (laughs) I wanted children from so many of the harsh realities. (laughs) Everything's a grind, honey. Enjoy it while you can. I've wanted a dog for my entire life that I can remember. And I've constantly asked for one. And and by the way, like her, her behavior in school improved tremendously once she knew she was getting a dog. Like that was it. We were wondering, like, is there something wrong with her? Is something bothering her that we don't know about? We're in the parent-teacher conference are talking about it. It's like, nope, it was just the dog. Because as soon as we told her she was getting the dog, everything was fine at school. She took it upon herself to behave better in order to not scotch the deal? No, she was just like depressed, I guess. Like, oh, just back to what you're saying, it. that she's, okay, that she was... She, uh, she was like acting out because she was just in a foul mood about not having a dog and just, you know... Jeez. Uh, yeah, anyway, so here, so the, the puppy comes home and it goes right in her lap and it's a snuggly little soft puppy you know and there that's that's i've captured that moment of happiness it's a nice um yeah so it's been a couple weeks how's it going so um i as as i said before you know we adopted an adult dog before i've never had a puppy before i knew uh, i I was expecting going in i was using like my parenting of, of human children thing i was like well we could be in for a lot of long nights because According to everything I had read, like the puppies can't hold their, you know, their bladder for very long. Like the the rule was like, take the puppy's age in months and add one. And that's how many hours they can hold in their pee. Are you supposed to like preemptively take them out? So they like learn. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I got a three month old puppy. That's four hours. So best case scenario, I'm waking up at least once a night to take the dog out. Um, When I was gone at WWC, I don't know what happened in this house. (laughs) Like... I came back and everyone trips to trips to Costco. I came back and everyone was like, I did buy all the dog stuff before I left, right? So we were we were well equipped with dog stuff, right? But when I came back, everybody, including the dog, was still alive. So I'm like, all right, well, whatever happened, then everything seems fine. But this dog that used to be the cute little snuggly puppy, and I wonder if the adoption agencies do this, like that they, you know, come and come and see our dogs when they're still cute and snuggly. She's now starting to get into. Uh, doggy adolescence. Is she getting? Half, is she getting mischievous? Is she doing three and a half, four months? Shoes and stuff. So, yeah. So first oh, of all, God. the letting out. I, what I thought was going to be the problem is like that. You know, the howling in the crate because we got crates for the dog, right? The howling in the crate and howling all night long, and the letting the dog out every you know couple of hours. Like I felt like I was prepared for that. Even the one night when she had the uh, the little doggy poops, right? She had some intestinal problems, right? I had to take her out every hour, and of course it was pouring rain. Right, mm. like whatever. I, you know, I had two kids. Like I'm, I'm battle hardened for carrying a poopy being somewhere and being uncomfortable and like doing it every hour and like you know, yeah. And even for the nights before that, I was like setting my alarm every three hours Ugh. and getting up and and taking the you hate dog waking out. Waking up early, but it's not your first day. You've been through this before. You know how to deal yeah, with these issues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, and actually, at this point, she's basically sleeping from midnight until like 6.30 in the morning, just fine. Oh, she's a good right? sleeper. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. that part is fine. It's everything else that is mostly a disaster. So she, uh, she uh, you know, taking her out like clockwork to do her business outside, doing all the things to say to do, bring her to the same spot, you know, give her treats and praise when she does it. And, you know, like do, the do whole thing. Do you tell her she's a good girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Got, got, you know, and she does it. She go. We take her out. She does her business. She does her thing. Mm-hmm. Like, but still, a lot of accidents in the house. 
But even that, I'd be like, well, whatever. Like, you know, as long as I'm doing the right thing and I'm consistent, you know, clean up, deodorize, like, feel like we could get a handle on that. Problem is, she basically can't be loose in our house. Oh, no. You can have one of those permacanal kind of dogs? <sighs> she, well, she's Does she, a, does she's she get into stuff? She's a nippy puppy. She oh, no. bites our rugs, bites our furniture, bites our ankles. <laughs> uh, she pull, pulls the towels down in the kitchen. She eats our shoes. Mm. Uh, so basically needs to be supervised every single second in a way that even toddlers don't need to be because toddlers are slow and stupid and she is fast Until they get big, smart. most toddlers can't eat a shoe. No. No, and they're slow. They're slow. They're so slow and dumb. You can you can catch uh, them. They got a diaper you can grab. And and then and so oh no. So so now what is your reading? I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you. Uh, th- does your reading indicate to you like it, some of this is standard puppy behavior? I know some of this is classic. I'm mad that you left me alone. Stuff. Some of it. She, I'm I'm not leaving her alone. <sighs> I don't think she has separation anxiety. I know. And in my research, what I've been able to determine is that this is, you know, there's a range of how your puppy's going to be. Some of them are just going to be sort of docile puppies that just sit there and do nothing. Yeah. And they're not going to have this. But in general, this this phase, this adolescent phase of dogs is a thing. Puppy nipping is obviously a thing. And mm-hmm. Working on bite in- inhibition. Just- I think of that as a slightly younger puppy thing, but I guess maybe she's uh, getting a late start on being a puppy. Well, I mean, she's already got the bite inhibition in that she won't actually, like, she hasn't drawn blood. Like, she's not, you know, she has bite inhibition from her siblings, you know, like, where they get it, right? But she is nippy, and uh, apparently dogs with uh, herding breeds mixed in have that thing where they want to, like, nip at your ankles. Um, she wants to put her teeth on everything. I was going to say, there's just, when you said Collie, it threw me off a little bit because I was thinking of Lassie, but her head, it does remind me of some some Border Collies I've known who are famously hilarious about hurting everything. Yeah, but she is all about the nipping. She Eagles is all can be, about... My beagle was pretty nippy too. Yeah, and she wants to put, she wants to put her teeth, and the more excited she gets, the mm-hmm. more she is going to use those teeth. And... She's got an attitude and mm. she is, you know, very smart and very stubborn and she can be very good. Uh, but also, like, I mean, we were taking her puppy playtime to socialize her with other puppies. She wants to be the boss of the other puppies. She will dominate them if she can. She's been in, you know, she's been one puppy playtime so far with a big dog and a dog her size and she dominated them both. So she totally wants to just, you know, be on top of them. And play fight with them and win. We go to the dog part where the big dogs are. She wants to swat the biggest dog in the face. Which, of course, doesn't end well for her because then she gets smushed by the big dog. Yeah. And then she hides between my legs, right? And I'm trying to to moderate that to say you don't want your puppy to get traumatized by a big dog. You don't want your puppy to actually get bitten, right? So you have to find, on leash, find the dog that is going to be okay with puppies. Talk to the owner. Like, is your dog actually going to bite my dog? Or is it, you know, whatever? Uh but, you know, so she's learning, hey, if you whack the big dog in the face with your paw, uh, bad things are going to happen. So maybe don't do that. Right. Uh, but basically what she's got is she just gets super excited and wants to run around and chew everything and bite everything. And she's super sneaky about pulling the towels down in the kitchen, which is kind of adorable, but also means that she just can't be loose in the house. And I don't want to keep her created up all the time. Like today, I actually had her out for the longest stretch after one of her walks. I had her out and loose in the house for like 45 minutes. I was like, look, so you can just chill. You just sit on your... Now, now when she's loose in the house for 45 minutes, 100% of my mental energy is on this dog. Yeah. Like, in a way that it wasn't even when I had an infant. Like, the management... It's like a time bomb loose in your house. Because mm. at any second, this dog can pee or poo, right? Because, you know, you never know. Like, even though you just took it out and it did all its business, 
You never know what they're holding back. So it is literally a pee and poo bomb waiting to go off. So you are you are there. You need to be in arm's reach. If you see that little squat happening, you need to scoop that dog up and take it outside, right? Um, and at any second, it is going to bite something that it's not supposed to, whether it's your rug or your furniture or a towel or a shoe or, you know, a, a wire or anything you don't want this dog biting. You need to be there to redirect and, uh, you know, like... And so is tremendous amount so, of mental. So, but I mean, it's, 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 it's one of those kinds of things. It is in some ways like having a little kid where like, you know, the kid might be sleeping for right now, but you don't know when they're going to wake up. And in this case, like you just need to always be ready to spring into some kind of action. You just don't know what the action will be or how soon it will come along. Yeah. And I'm doing positive reinforcement only, which is very difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Especially when you're mad. Uh, but that's not even it. But because taking taking no off the table as a as a tool which i can tell you doesn't really work with this dog that much anyway but like taking fear and intimidation off the table as a training tool which seems to be the consensus about what you should do and i'm I'm, you know i'm I'm all on board with that you know like i don't know well i'll I'll get more advice when we're signed up for puppy classes and all sorts of other things right so she is very smart and very able to be trained to do things. The only thing she's not able to be trained to do is to chill. Like, to calm, calm your doggy body down and just, like, just relax. And there are plenty of YouTube videos about how to teach your dog to relax. Well, to I your don't, you're probably not familiar with, with the work of the great dog psychologist, Cesar Milan. Uh, I, don't, I don't really like him. No one likes him. And according according to, to Brett Terpster, most of what he says is BS. One thing I think mm-hmm. is very interesting is, as you may know, in Los Angeles, he has a dog psychology center, which is mm-hmm. a fenced-in parking lot. And uh, and what he says is, you bring him a dog, let that dog run with the big dogs that stay calm, and eventually that dog calms down and gets back into its desire to be part of the, uh, of the pack. Now, I, I don't know if you have a dog psychology center near you or it's analog, but maybe there's somewhere you could take it around large, kind dogs that'll beat it up just a little bit to get it, get its mind right. Not beat up. You know what I'm saying? About like, like a puppy yeah, beat yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, Well, so when you do that, like the whole thing is like, oh, if your dog is chewing on everything, like maybe it needs more exercise. And like, you know, if it just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to preempt all the advice I'm going to get because believe me, I've, You're going to get so uh, much advice, John. Seen, seen and read it all. But like, we, we tried a lot of different things. I've exercised this dog incredibly, like just, Running with the big dogs, chasing things, going, you know, just like long walks, bringing big water bottles around to keep her you, hydrated. You, you wear it out, long... you try to really wear it out, right? Like, yeah. Really, and to know. see, does that change things? Like, as far as I've been able to tell, and this this is mentioned in a lot of uh, training videos, the dogs have their witching hour. She has her witching hour. Her witching hour is essentially around four or five o'clock. Yeah, it's like with a, it's like with a, with an infant, you get the unhappy hour. It's like a time when just your child unaccountably starts crying every day. She's not unhappy. She's super aroused, right? And <laughs> oh, I now, see. Okay. She's not a hunchback. And, yeah. So it's like, first of all, around five, she knows that's when she's going to get dinner and she wants it so bad. Like you would think we starve this dog oh, to death. Oh, no, so that, on that she's trained. Yeah, we're not starving this dog to death. I guarantee you we are not starving this dog to death, right? But you would think we are with the fuss that she puts up around five o'clock. And also- when she runs with the big dogs and gets all excited, she is just wired after that. She's like, I can't believe it. I ran with the dogs. I got to, I got to, and she would just, she would just whip herself up into a frenzy. And before you know it, she's biting your ankles. Right? Mm. All it does is get, get her, get her more keyed up. Barking and biting. Yeah. She just, and to just to bring her down, like this morning we had like 
chill out time where it was like you had your morning walk and stuff. And now maybe just maybe just chill. And she chose on her own to lay down on her little bed and just relax. Like, see, see, you don't have to be eating furniture or peeing or pooping every second of the day. You don't have to spend your entire life thinking, is there food in my bowl? Can I eat yeah. your shoe? Can I eat this furniture? Can I do this? Can I pee on this thing? And you ask yourself, isn't this nice? This seems nice. We're laying down now. We're relaxing. This seems nice. Right. And I've tried various techniques to get her to, you know, because the problem is she like, she can be trained to do anything. Go go to your mat. I trained her to do that in five minutes. I can tell her to go to a mat. She goes to her mat. She lays down. She waits for her treat reward for doing it. Right? But she's just keyed up. She's like, I, I, I went to my mat. Here I am. I'm on my mat. It's like, right now, just chill. She's like, what do you mean, chill? Like, I don't, there's no command for that. And it's like, well, if you just pet, pet your dog. Chill, chill command not found. Yeah, like pet your dog and say settle and just teach it to settle and calm. And it's like they show these videos like, look, this dog is going to sleep. That's like, that's a big oaf of a dog that was going to fall asleep whether you were there or not. Come and make my dog settle. My dog's not settling. My dog's like, tell me my next command to do. <laughs> you know, like, what do you want me to do? I'll do something. Give me the food. <sighs> the, the one good thing that's, that's come out of her insanity is, you know, before she came, I bought all the dog things. I've had a dog before, so I know dog things. I mm-hmm. bought all the puppy things I could think of, like the crates and stuff. And I think I got all the right stuff there. So that's all going well. Um, but I also bought a bunch of dog treats, right? Because, you know, you're going to you figure out which one they like. Right. Uh, and when she came into the house, she would not eat a single one of these treats, would not put it in her mouth. None of them. Milk bone style treats, squishy little treats, Mm-mm. treats that the people in the store said dogs go crazy for this one, like huh. fishy treats, livery treats, like you name it. She would not put them in her mouth. You Daisy, know what she liked? Daisy's a little bit of a diva. You know what she liked? Mm. Her dog food. Mm. She's down her to earth. dog food. So that's what we've been giving her for treats. I have a little treat pouch and you know what's in it? Just dog, her dog, dog food, food, which I kibble. feed her just, just dry one, kibble. one piece of dry kibble at a time. That's her treat. And I feel like I have, it, some days I've fed her most of her meals, one piece of kibble at a time. We've gone through like these long extended training sessions. Uh, and she, she needs that kibble. She will do almost anything for it. But as soon as you are not giving her a command and giving her a thing, she's like, all right, well, now I'm going to eat your furniture. There's a part of me... In a second, I'd like to circle back to how you would like to receive the advice that you're going to get, or really the admonishments. Uh, but I wonder if there's a chance that she might be gifted. Not like in an X-Men way, but I wonder if she's, if you need to, uh, I don't know, put her in a better school. Is there a chance that she might be like super smart, have super intelligence? Is there some kind of special insight you might be, maybe she is an X-Man, an X-Dog. I don't know, but is there, could it be that there's something about her where you haven't found how to tap into uh, making her special power work around the house? Maybe she's smarter than you. Maybe she's super she's, smart. She's got a lot of energy and, you know, exercising her, like, at the very least makes the nights, you know, ma- makes her conk out in the nighttime. But there's no avoiding her witching hour, which is, you know, no matter what you do, no matter how much you run her, she's going to have her witching hour. And when I run her in the morning, she doesn't have her witching hour, then she actually chills, right? But she's not, you can tell she's still a dog because when you try to train a dog to do something, like dogs don't generalize well. Like I was I'm working on leave it with her where you yeah. put a little piece of food in your hand and you say leave it and she's not supposed to take the food out of your hand and you do it at varying distances and you get closer and closer, right? Right. Um, and we're getting doing pretty good with that, right? And then I said, let me move my hand four inches to the right and do leave it that she just did successfully 10 times. Four inches to the right, she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about with this leave it crap and just eats, you know, went for the food immediately. It's like, we just did this 10 times, right? So she is a dog. She's not super duper gifted because dogs do not generalize they don't understand the concept of leave it means whatever thing that's in front of you that you want don't take it well they're a little well, they aren't, they, aren't they just little pattern matching machines and it's just a question of how long it takes until that 
pattern gets the kind of behavior right, that you, you need, want. You need to, it's, it's like training an image recognition engine. You need to have like, what about when the food's over here? What about when it's in your other hand? What about when it's on the floor? What about when it's on the table? Like there is no generalization of like, I'm teaching uh, you the concept of leave it means do not take the thing you want. She thinks leave it means when a f- tree appears in, in this in position <laughs> on this hand, Yeah. If I if I lay back and don't take it, I will receive a reward, mm. right? And then so you move it two inches to the right and she says, I've never seen this scenario before, so I'm just eating that food. Like, I don't know. I don't know what this leave it crap means, but I see food and I'm eating it. And then you have to retrain in the new position. And yeah, uh, she doesn't. And that's the other thing. She doesn't do stay like she she does stay for like three seconds. So we're working on stay. So it's difficult with a, with a three and a half month old puppy. Um, but yeah, but what I'm trying to work towards is I don't want this dog to be in in her crate. She likes her crate. I taught her go in your crate. She does mm-hmm. that crate. You know, she goes right in her crate. Uh, but then you leave the room and she's in a crate and she whines and I, I know you could probably brute force this, but I, I feel like I've known, this is not a hundred percent successful for a variety of reasons, but I've known several people. I don't think they call it obedience classes anymore, but like there's a kind of doggy class you can go to where you learn how to communicate with your dog and get it to do stuff that you want. And I've, I know yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm signed several up for people. one of those classes. Are you? When does it start? Oh, yeah, I'm signed up for a puppy class. Have, like you start, the, have you started it yet? No, hasn't. Haven't done it to the first class yet. It starts like hmm. next week or something. I bet it. I bet it's gonna be fine. You know, it's it's yeah, like I a mean, little but like, kid. It's, uh, here's the thing: like she's she's a handful. Is what I'm getting at. And yeah. I'm, she's an angel. I'm expending a tremendous amount of mental energy on this dog. Like between tremendous. that, between like, that and that goddamn air conditioner. Right. No, the, it helps with the distract from the air conditioner. Like I think I'm spending more mental energy on this dog than I did on my children when they were when they were out of their their nightmare baby no only my son had a nightmare baby face like but like in their toddlerhood mm-hmm. uh my kids were easier as toddlers than this dog is mm. I can tell you that um because like I said it's like I don't I don't want to keep her in the crate like very often we spend time with her in her crate and me on the couch uh, sitting across from each other right <laughs> just staring each other down no, I'm not looking at her. She's not looking at me. She's right. just sleeping. I'm just on the couch. Has right? she learned? Are you, are you teaching her kennel as a command? I don't know. What would that command mean? Oh, uh, that means get in your uh, crate. No, go in, go in your crate. She knows that. I go in your crate. Hmm. She, try, try kennel or, or maybe German. You know, you never know what it is that she, no, she no. speaks. I mean, but the problem with all these commands is like, all right, I'll go in my crate and I did the command. Now what's next? And if if what's next is okay, yeah. now lay down. And, I, I don't want. I want her to have free, to have free reign of the house. And obviously, you can't give a puppy free reign of the house. You got to start them small. Here's your area, and you keep expanding their territory so they understand that this whole house is yours. And it's not like, oh, here's where I live, and over there is where I pee. Right. So you know, the, I understand the, the system here. But there is literally no place in this house where the dog can be loose that is safe. The closest oh, we have no. is the kitchen because you got like linoleum in the kitchen. Right. And if you just you know, she she pulls down all the towels. And I can redirect her from that, but try cooking in the kitchen if you're constantly trying to redirect her from the towels. And I can't generalize the, leave it on the towels very well. I can say leave it and she drops the towels, but then if you hang the towels back up, she's pulled back to her. I got a video of her today. Like I like poked the iPhone into the room so I wasn't in the room. Yeah. You get a video of her fighting her, like not supposed to take the towels, but towels are delicious. And she like slowly turns towards the towels. Like you can see the inner struggle and she pulls it down. Mm. And then I come in the room and tell her to leave it. And then she looks up real guilty. Um, but yeah, if you keep her in the kitchen, she goes nuts because you're cooking food and she can't handle the cooking food and she's biting your ankles again. Right. Or she just starts trying to like bite the cabinets. Daisy sounds uh, sharp. I may not be a parent yet, but I'm going to guess that Daisy turns out to be kind of sharp. 
I think I think she's going to be like a uh, who's the Star Trek guy. It's going to be like a Captain Kirk type situation. She might steal your car or something. But like, I got a feeling she's going to turn out when she gets to to, to Air Flight Academy. She's going to do really well. I got a feeling she's a, a sharp little customer. And you're just I think you're going through a rough patch. I bet it's going to be fine. Yeah, I just well my my two main goals, and I'm 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 going to engage the services of local doggy psychiatrists eventually if these puppy classes don't help us get uh you know analyzes. I gotta have like stop biting people mm-hmm. because she totally does. She is totally nippy, and I understand puppy nipping is a thing. Yep, but she is way too nippy, way way too nippy. Uh, and so we're working on that. Uh, and be able to be loose in the house because we'll all be happier. If she can be loose, well, like, in some so, territory in the house. Something that we were told, uh, well, let's be honest, things I read a lot on the internet in preparing to get a cat, because I'm like you. I'm a, I'm a O'Reilly book guy. Like, I got to go read everything about this. Hopefully, I'll digest some of it. But, uh, you know, I feel like I have to take in lots of resources. One thing I saw over and over was when you first bring your cat, I'm not talking about dog here, when you first bring a new cat into your house and there's no other animals in the house, consider putting the cat in, say, a bathroom with the door closed. For some period of time, because it turns out the cat will actually like that. That's an area that the cat can get explore and get used to. It won't feel overwhelmed. And then you kind of move out from, I, don't, I didn't read any more past that. But the basic idea is that you, what you're saying, that you want to give it an area that it's own. I know a lot of dogs that love their kennel. They're, they're never happier than when they're in their kennel. Yeah, no, she likes she likes her crate for, you know, for snoozing and stuff like that. But she, you know, I, I don't want to keep her trapped in there. But the problem is when she's in there and we go into another room, she doesn't like it. She wants, you know, to see us. And I want her to be able to follow us around the house. But you do have to, puppies, you have to start off in a confined area, too. Obviously, their their crate is the smallest area. But you slowly expand outwards. Like, you, the dog, the puppy should never be loose in your house, like, loose-loose. They should be on the leash so you have control over them. You keep track of them. And, like, you want them to slowly expand their territory recognizing each new increment as an additional part of the house and you have to puppy proof them and make sure there's things they can't get it like we're going through that process um they also recommend like if you have some room that you can like we have baby gates all over the place now if you know that you can sort of fence off to control yeah. the dog but we really don't have a place other than the kitchen that is sufficiently puppy proof and gated and doored off and the kitchen she can't handle because if we're all in the kitchen guess what we're probably making food and she can't handle that now food, she's food and towels yeah, I mean the towels we can put up, but but the fact that we're cooking food and it's not—I don't want her to be in the kitchen underfoot while we're cooking food is dangerous, and I just don't mm-hmm. want her to, you know, or whatever. But that is the only room that's like that doesn't have a rug that she can pee or poo on or anything like that. So we're trying to like play with her in controlled environments. Like now we're going to play on this rug, so you'll stop peeing on it because you'll see that hey, this is part of the house too. Mm. We're working on it, but uh, every day, every day there's biting and there's peeing, and, and like and yesterday yeah. we didn't have any accidents in the house. Today we had one because I let my son watch the dog for literally two minutes and thirty seconds, and mm-hmm. it's like I go, I just I need to go in the other room and look at something, keep yeah. an eye on the dog, start plenty a timer, time, plenty time for everything Dad, the dog is peeing. Yep, like that's all. Thank you. Thanks, literally a time, maybe two minutes is thirty, maybe. It was like 45 seconds. Ugh, Seemed like not not that many seconds. I don't want to belabor this. I want to get to the point where we find out how people can help you because they're going to want to help you. Um, just quick questions. Is, so the little bites and, and the, the ankle nips, uh, that's because she's excited. It's not because she's angry. She's just excited. And that's how she expresses it as little yeah, nips. I mean, I was trying to, to look up things to see if I could determine that. I'm pretty sure it's arousal. Like she's excited about things. Sometimes she is... She is I don't know, angry, but like if if she feels like she deserved a treat for doing a thing and she's not getting it, 
I no. feel like she's, she's taking her revenge on me for no, that. No, you like, got to go with Daisy's razor. I think it's going to be a lot simpler than that. The other thing is, is she a jumper? Does she no, jump? No, she's not. She's not a jumper. Okay, that's really good. Yeah, I, I don't want to. I don't want to be. You've already expressed so much doggy racism in this that we're going to have to probably cut out. But I'll tell you, I, I don't like a jumpy dog. I don't like. I don't like a dog where the dog jumps on you and then the person goes, uh, you know, Atenia. No yeah. jumps. I mean, jumping, and like, jumping is one of the easier things to deal with and that you just never give a treat unless all four paws are on the ground, right? Yeah, I'm talking about like just that utter lack of control. You know, so I'm going to get in trouble if I say anything. But I've been around people who are fooling themselves, much like the way I fool myself about how I've raised my daughter. I've been around people who really <laughs> fool themselves about their dog. And I'll give you an example that is completely, completely abstracted and not with regard to any actual person that I know. We never, ever give the dog people food. We've never given the dog people food. And you're like, hmm, that dog sure spends an awful lot of time in the kitchen while you're cooking and under the table while you're eating. That dog shoves its face into my dingus while I'm eating Something tells me this dog has gotten people food before. And then, of course, when you're cleaning up, they put the plates on the floor, they put the scraps in the thing, and then they're, they're curious about why the dog has jumped <laughs> on the table and is, uh, is, is doing uh, bumpus dogs on the uh, Thanksgiving turkey. You know what I'm saying? I, I yeah. think sometimes people fool themselves into this. I know, and that's another reason I didn't want the dog in the kitchen because I don't want like I don't want the dog in the room when we're eating because like I don't you know I can't be spending my entire meal trying to redirect that. Never mind, we we have a tablecloth and the tablecloth hangs down at the corners. Oh she boy. gets her little needle teeth into the corner of the tablecloth. She, that's the first thing she goes for. Ooh, hanging there goes, fabric. The, I'm gonna, the, the, I'm there gonna goes your that. frazzled onions. That's no better way to cook. Oh, she's all she's all over that stuff. What yeah, a mess! The towels in the kitchen. She she put holes in my jeans. <sighs> holes in your little, jeans. Those, those, I'm the one with holes in my jeans. I do that. The little little needle. Those little needle teeth. Uh, yeah, I, I was trying to get some angel. videos of her when she gets going and she's like uh, growling and barking and jumping well, at you know, me let's and not biting let my it, ankles. It shouldn't go, you know, go without saying, like, please send me all of these, you know, in, in the, in the, yeah, sometimes it's hard, channel. it's hard to catch her in the act. I got a, I I some good footage of her running. Uh, I just sent you a couple of my cat, I'll, but I, I'd love to be in the, in the loop for this. I think, first of all, I just want to say, I know this won't help, but I, I think it's going to be fine. The big question, uh, John, you're going to get a lot of feedback from people on this. Uh, on the one hand, you're going to get a lot of feedback from people who want to tell you why you shouldn't have gotten a dog that your reasons were wrong. Um, mm-hmm. You're going to get a lot of feedback on, uh, let's say you even got over that hurdle. You're doing a lot wrong right now. Then you're going to get a lot of turns out about what you should be doing differently that you didn't realize. What's the best place for people to reach you to correct your dog behavior? Yeah, I mean, people can send me emails or tweets well, or whatever they want. At, like- at, at, uh, at Rectives. Uh, I mean, that's, that's fine too. Like whatever people can find me on the internet. Here's the thing with the, with the, the doggy advice, like pound sign doggy racism. Chances are very good that whatever people are going to tell me that I have read, because I've done a lot of reading. I've watched a lot of videos. That'll Uh, probably prevent a lot of people from contacting. Doesn't mean that I'm doing all the things in them, but like, I feel like I I have been, I have been well exposed over the past several months and, and the crash course over the past several weeks, uh, on this topic. Right now there are schools of thought about dog training mm-hmm. and there are, I can tell you now if anyone's thinking of sending feedback there is an entire section of dog the dog training world that I have cordoned off um, so if you're thinking of telling me that I need to get a choker chain or hit my dog oh, or no, do no, anything no 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 my daughter went to my daughter went to SPCA camp oh, just, and she just walked give away a correction with... just yank yes. on the leash nope. I am I understand that's a school 
There are tons, tons of literature about that. Even some of the things the vet gave surprisingly had some negative reinforcements like, no, that's not going to work. I'm not interested in that school. I'm not going to tell you. There's you all know. kinds of things you could do. You can go, you go eat out of his bowl. Like right, you make, you make him watch you when, when you go he, to the bathroom. You say, look, I, I go to the bathroom first. You, you watch me, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe you wash his paws. You flip him on his back. You give him a tattoo or a nose right. ring. If, if, if your dog nips, you, I saw, God, the things that are on YouTube, man. One of them was like, uh, if your dog's biting you, mm-hmm. take the soft like skin that like their little flappy jowls, push it inside their mouth and up against their teeth. Until they whimper and stop. Like this I'm is no, like I'm how no to dog scientist, but right? that does not sound wholesome to me. That, that that sounds like angry dad. There are there are tons and tons of people who say, "Look, I've had a hundred dogs. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I had a hundred dogs. Look how well trained they are. Look how they do anything I ask. The instant I ask them to do it, they are beautiful, loving pets that uh, are you know just perfect in every way. And I taught them by hitting them with a baseball bat. So if you're not doing that, you're a dummy. Those people don't need to write." Uh, because I'm pretty sure that no matter what happens, I am not going to intimidate or harm uh, my dog in any way as any part of the dog raising process. Well, and- yeah, but also, I mean, let, let, let's be honest. Based on the little bit that I know about people who, who want to publicly share the idea of hitting a dog with a baseball bat, I'm pretty sure you're admonishing them right there will prevent them from contacting you. Well, you know, and so here's the thing. Like you yeah. said, okay, well, that's fine. You, if you want to, you know, because people think uh, and raise a, people think a lot of things yeah. about pets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pe- people think they have to, uh, you have to dominate the dog. You have to show it who's the alpha. You have all these sorts of school schools of thought about it. Um, the other schools thought of it, whatever they call it, positivity training and stuff like that. Uh, the bad news for the choker, shot collar, just give a little correction uh, type of thing, people, is that the positive reinforcement people, their dogs do like ballets on command. Like they're, they also have dogs that are beautiful, perfect pets. They do everything they yes. ask, the instant they ask it to do, that can, like, you know, balance a checkbook for you on command. But right? but those people are consistency engines. If you can be a consistency engine, you can make that work. Here's all you need to know is, like, ignore the bad behavior, reward the good behavior. Now, just do that all the time, and it'll right, be fine. Exactly. But that's uh, hard. It's really yeah, hard. Also, I mean, you also have to get, you know, the, the, it, yeah, it's it's difficult because that that's the, that, that's the philosophy. If you want to distill the philosophy that I'm basically subscribed to after watching tons of different videos and reading tons of different things about how to raise, uh, you know, how to train dogs is like, uh, behaviors that are reinforced are repeated and reinforcement can take many forms. Obviously reinforcement is like praise or food that you give them, but some activities are inherently reinforcing for dogs. For example, if they, if you, if they run after you and you run away, you are reinforcing that behavior. You are like, I'm not reinforcing, I'm running it away. But Dogs find you running away from it, reinforcing if they're interested in pursuing. It's so like if, 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 if the following things happen in mostly the same order most of the time, that's always going to win. Uh, and it's, not even, it's not even the, the behavior. It's like it's, it's understanding what your dog finds reinforcing. Because whatever the hmm. behavior is that's reinforced, that will be repeated. And so you have to be aware of what activities are inherently reinforcing. And, you know, the, the only tool you have in your thing is like, okay, well, if you want something different to happen, make that different thing happen and reinforce it. Well, and uh, also and dank, dank memes like aside, like it's also a kind of animal that sees time and shame in very different ways than humans do. Like I'm going to sit around and worry if I did something bad all day, but a dog's moving on to the next thing. I mean, yeah, like that's that's the thing you, you punish can do. a cat. Like, punishing a cat for something it did five minutes ago is just cruel. Yeah, so I'm 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 all inside my head about whether I'm being already being gamed by the dog for this. But for example, uh, leave it, which we've worked on a lot. 
uh, this point now, every once in a while, like dog gets a towel, you say leave it, dog immediately drops a towel and looks up at you, which is like, great, that's my leave it training at work. You know, and so I say leave it, the, the you know, even if it goes for the towel and I say leave it and it turns back from the towel, says, aha, leave it, leave it means don't go after the thing that I'm getting at, turn back, give my, give my owner eye contact, right? And I reward that with a, with a quote unquote treat, which is a single hand fed piece of her kibble, which she's insane for. And it's done. And, and, you know, good job, right? Start your counter. 15 seconds later, her little head's turning back towards the towel. She pulls it down again or goes to pull it down again. I say, leave it. She leaves it. She looks up at me, gives me eye contact, give her a piece of kibble. And I'm like, wait a second. <laughs> now, but she she's a scientist, John. She's trying she, to make sure that it's replicable. If, if you want some kibble, pull the towel down, leave it, look up at the person and oh. get your piece of kibble. Um, so I, I don't know how inside, uh, uh, you know, how well she's training me because like you're right that they do forget like a lot a lot of the behaviors are like redirect your dog if your dog is biting your furniture have it come over to you have it sit give it a piece of kibble to say you know what i want you to do is sit or be calm or come over here or look at me and that behavior is reinforced forget about biting the couch which is self-reinforcing because you love biting the couch come over to me and do that but now you're just thinking like that is she making the connection Bite the couch, get called over, sit, get a treat. Bite the couch, get called over, sit, get a treat. And then she just ends up back in her crate because it's like, look, you can't be eating our furniture. I don't think that's nearly as torturous as it uh, torturous as it sounds because, I mean, I, I made a crack a long time ago on Twitter that nobody, people rarely remember who wins an argument on the internet. They mainly remember that you're a person who argues on the internet. And I think that's true with animals too, is that you, you have an idea because you have you have this uh, mental model for how the wor- world works and how you know cause and effect works and you know all the the world of nature you've got the, your, all your reckons about all these things. Uh, well, who is to say whether your dog or cat sees anywhere near those same connections? Is there a chance that what they mostly remember is there's this neurotic person who keeps talking to me all the time when all I want to do is eat? Like, put yourself in the dog's position. Like you probably seem yeah, pretty mean, weird to that right. dog. She, yeah, she. I mean, she's obviously teething. She's obviously, you know, uh, entering adolescence. She's got a lot of energy. Like these are all like natural behaviors. And, she's discovering, you know, you know, things about her body. She's got to wear doggy deodorant. I mean, you're gonna have to have the talk with her soon. Yeah, it's kind of early for adolescence, but looking up adolescence is like that your dog starts, you know, getting attitudinal, and you know, although they say it's related to hormones, and she's already fixed, so. I'm not hmm. entirely sure. But anyway, she's certainly got a lot of energy. And like the thing is she can't help herself. Like when I when I pick her up and she's excited, uh, and she's super excited, normally when I pick her up, like to, but she can't she has trouble with our stairs, so I'm still carrying her up and down the stairs. Oh, so that I, is so sweet. She can make it up sometimes, but she's scared about the stairs. And if you try to encourage her to go down like with a piece of kibble at a time, she has a tendency to like freak out about it. So I don't <sighs> I just carry her. Our next door neighbors have a very, very cute, very tiny, very old, very incontinent curly oodle dog the dog's name is bubbles uh and uh i'll be looking out the window in the morning as i do and i'll just see one of the four members of, of their household dashing out of there out with bubbles t- bubble bubbles who's like the size of a big poop basically it's like like a six pound dog bichon frisazy kind of like non-dog but like just dashing across the street into the park with bubbles because they know time is a factor and it's 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 just adorable you doing that with steps yeah. how cute is that yeah, and when I pick her up, she's so sweet. Like, but she and she, she wants looks like, soft. She, she looks like she, she has a soft to, face. She she's very soft, and she wants Aww. to lick my face. But as the more excited she gets, the more she kind of bites my chin too. Hmm. <laughs> right? You know. And so, by the way, one of the one of the bite inhibition things that you do is you make 
Uh, there's various schools of thought on this, but one of them I heard is there's you the make, one where you like you put your hand in their mouth so they can't like. Uh, there's, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot yeah. of that. I think it's mostly for younger things. I mean, she's already got okay bite inhibition. She just gets excited, it's like right? The kind uh, of thing like old, advice that old men would share at a VFW meeting that they were kind of guessing about. It doesn't seem like it really would come from any kind of like consistent. There's like it's a kind of a Merlin Man logic problem where like I tried this thing and it didn't break, so I'm pretty sure it worked. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, that's the, there's a lot of that kind of advice out there. One of the things, and this is the type of advice you get, which you, how you can tell that uh, it is probably good advice because it sounds like parenting advice. Or, yeah. Yeah. They're like, okay, so uh, if you make like a yiping sound when mm. your dog puts its teeth on your skin, like just <gasps> like a puppy would, like that's how oh. it learns that, oh, I'm hurting you. It's because they don't, they're, they're just, they're just puppy. Maybe, maybe, one, right? maybe one of you should dress as a dog all the time. You got a little time off this <laughs> summer. You should dress as a dog all the time. All right, so the, it's like the, the panda handlers them, lets them know, like what you're basically trying to train them is humans are basically so incredibly fragile that if I touch my teeth and then they freak out, right? Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. that same advice says, but some dogs are aroused by this and find it reinforcing. So don't do it in that case. Hmm. And it's like all that parenting advice is like, well, you could try this or it could have the exact opposite effect. Every kid is different. Good luck. Like it's like, but how do I tell whether it's different? Is my dog being reinforced by his yiping or is it not? I was like, I well, feel fairly certain this. that if you consistently do this, your dog will either be a sociopath, perfect, <laughs> or possibly something else. Right, and so yeah, just so be the, consistent. I think most for the most part, she uh, she understands the outing because again, when I pick her up to bring her out, and she gets super excited that she's you know going down the stairs to go out in the middle of the night because she really needs to go, and she like you know nips at my arm. Oh. Uh, and I make my little ouch sound. Then she, then she licks my face 20 times. It's like, ouching. Say, oh, you, you call I'm it ouching? Sorry. Ouching? Yeah. yeah. Just say ouch. You, know, you, mm-hmm. you want to say it loud. You don't want to startle the dog. I'm pretty sure she is not reinforced by it, but she doesn't, she doesn't keep biting when I do it. She, she, you know, sees that I've been, you know, like she's, she's trying to be sweet, but she does get super excited. And like I've heard from many people talking to other people, the dog barking stuff with these hurting breeds do like to nip at your ankles and do like swinging fabric and other you know types of things like that and yeah so anyway she's a handful um and this is the only thing my brain is doing from i guess the next year of my life so i'm sorry if i had to do anything else with any of my mental capacity it is 100 percent occupied uh, i'll just hopefully my brain stem will keep my blood circulating my heart pumping and my lungs my diaphragm going up and down yeah. like mo- hopefully my motor functions will continue to work but Pretty much 100% of my mental energy that is not con- or not already concentrated on keeping my children alive, which is what I used to be spending all my mental energy on. Yeah. And keeping my wife happy. Uh, now, every 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 sort of like a, every free amount, let's put it that way, every non-committed amount of mental energy uh-huh. is on this ticking time bomb that is a pee poop nipping machine in my house. And every day we do training and every day I watch new videos and every day we try to make progress and we have... <laughs> We have good days and we have bad days. (laughs) What a mitzvah. (sighs) It is. It is a hell of a thing. Uh, It's kids were still more work. Don't get me wrong. My, my son is the undisputed champion of, you know, uh, just very, very difficult infant. And my daughter was only good by comparison. Uh, That's nice. I hope your wife will share that with them. That was sweet. Oh, we talked about it all the time. He was That's he good. was such a difficult baby, incredible. And now I feel he, like we he have knows a difficult that. He knows puppy. He did that, right? Yeah, he's fine. But they're, they're both they're both great now. But like the, this is a difficult puppy. It's not the world's most difficult puppy, but it's a difficult puppy. And like I yeah. feel if we had gotten a beginner puppy, like we would have lucked out because we're like I can handle who can handle a beginner puppy? Oh, they're just sweet little things. And they're just nice and follow you around. And all you have to worry about is being consistent yeah. about training and maybe 
you know, uh, every dog's probably going to get into something, but like one thing, but no, this, this dog wants everything in our house and it requires, uh, you know, a lot of exercise and a lot of energy and just gets amped up and I don't know. So like, like with kids are like, Oh, don't worry. They'll grow out of this like in a year or something. So again, as I see one year old puppies going nuts at the park, I'm like, great. So Probably I'm telling you, John, it's like bar chords. One day you're gonna you're gonna wake up and everything's gonna make sense. Yeah, I mean, I look at my kids and I'm like, look, well, yeah, look at them. They, look, at them. they turned out they, fine. They came out of it. They do not poop in their pants at all anymore. Like they never do it. So like, I feel like it could happen with this dog eventually. Mm. Got speed. <laughs>